0: jacob dubay so yeah okay. whatever whatever's easier there on the twist
1: all right all right everyone welcome back to another episode of the two planker podcast i'm your host ethan Schaefer, and today in the show we have jacob dubay and uh dubay thank you for joining us
0: absolutely happy to be here
1: yeah i'm glad we're making this happen you uh unashamed to say hey you should interview the behind the scenes guys at line you were just like whatever let's do it and i was like you know what i need someone this week
0: yeah no i'm happy to be on um to be completely honest i kind of was about to be like let's bring all the fucking line squad on and show you how chaotic we really are but i'm pretty much uh the most amount of adhd anybody wants to see in one podcast so i was like let's let's stick to one psychopath for this uh this particular pod
1: (laughs) yeah i think we with the mill bastards episode we did that was the most guests we've ever had that was three guests and one me for four people total and uh that's too many people i think one-on-one is ideal
0: yeah no you you start getting a lot of those cooks in the kitchen and everybody wants to have their little their little shining moment and uh the Mill Bastards guys are pretty damn crazy. Uh, I haven't met most of them. Um, so you can imagine that was a little off the rails. But uh, I'm going to try to keep my ADHD and the two Red Bulls I had before this a uh, little little more hinged than usual. But uh, I know that's not going to happen too long. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. And, and honestly, when you have more than one guest, we're just getting right into meta podcasting right now. When you have more than one guest, they need to be completely comfortable with each other. Or else it's I ask a question, then they're looking at each other all right who's gonna who's gonna answer this one so yeah one-on-one no, it's, on
0: one. it, it's kind of funny you say that too because like one thing i noticed coming into like line skis like when you get on the road like for blister gear review summit free skier mag like a lot of times you see these other brands um and this isn't a bash at any other brands but like you see other brands you see other companies in and out of the ski world talking about their product and like some of them have never met like some of them are from east the east coast division and the west coast division like and then they're meeting together to talk about a product but like that's the fun thing to it like line to compare it to like a, having somebody else on the podcast if i had like Stephen hard our, our global brand manager or connor clayton our marketing uh you know director here it's not like talking over each other we we're just so in sync and that's like that kind of cool thing but I just thought of that right now because it's like we're in the office and I I feel like I've known these guys for like 30 years. like, And I'm just turned
1: 29, so negative one years old. I thought that, uh, you know, like the Miss Fiskies guys, those guys, I warned them ahead of time. Like, hey, kind of plan out who answers what question. I thought they did that well. I thought that Hunter and Owen did the Soul Star episode well. So that's just some thoughts about about multiple guests on at a time we'll try uh, in person i know we were, we briefly mentioned maybe doing this in person at the lion skis office uh i think in person's the way to do multiple people
0: yeah you you gotta do it that way like i said too many cooks in the kitchen there's all these bubbles and shit and it's just yeah it's already chaotic so yeah
1: yeah all right well we'll get this back on track dubay what's up dude how's how's life in the office
0: dude pretty good um ski season's kind of zipping in the spring right now so you know uh, a lot of the big things we do at line are kind of simmering right now as we really get ready for that trajectory for fall launch um which fall late summer you know we kind of equate those to be the same but yeah right now it's just kind of riding a lot of waves of getting athletes ready for uh summer spring skiing summer camps you got momentum copper um and, uh, Wendell's going off here soon. So just making sure all these assets, um, are in play for our website launch, but then on the back end, making sure the athletes that are still ripping have skis, have some of those new skis to show off those F23 graphics that will drop in the fall, um, that real coordinated launch. That's going to excite people, but also keep people skiing because, you know, um, in a freestyle environment, these athletes are going to rip through skis, uh, regardless, um, you know, like it's, it's gonna, it's going to be a long summer here, but like making sure everybody has the gear, whether that's for new content stuff we're going to create over the summer or vice versa
1: is pretty key, but that's
0: been a lot of my time right now. And kind of a super nutshell there um, yeah.
1: for what we're up to. Yeah. So give people the whole rundown. What is like your job title? Cause that's one thing. And then like, what do you actually do?
0: Yeah, no, I'm the master of uh, all unforeseen chaos. Um, uh, no, I uh, <laughs> yeah, basically at line um, kind of how the pecking order works is this. We have our global brand manager, Stephen Hartle. He's going to oversee all executive brand decisions, the direction of the brand, where we're going with things um, and definitely a lot of sales stuff in terms of the global um, scope of things. Then below that, um, well attached is uh, Chris Todd, our U.S. sales manager, so he'll deal with sales stuff. But more related to me is Connor Clayton. Directly above me um, is the marketing director. Um, so he'll oversee basically. I execute his vision um, in terms of global, or in terms of all the marketing you're you're going to see. But then I basically get to put that flavor on it that you more or less will see um, in hand in hand with Connor. But in a nutshell what I do is pretty simple. I run line skis on Instagram. Um, I'm basically the voice of what you, what you hear on all social media platforms there for coming from us, um, anything front facing. Um, and then, yeah, I act as basically the team manager. To some degree, me and Connor do share that role. Um, Connor will deal with most of the contracts and stuff on the high level athletes, but yeah, act as kind of a hand in hand team manager with Connor. Um, I'm in the texts at uh, 2 a.m. when they get a little, athletes are getting a little spicy and want some skis or, uh, you know, something crazy's happened. Uh, Like it's, it's, that's a pretty big role that I take on is coordinating some logistics stuff with the athletes. So being just the atypical team manager for that, this role builds in social media guy, team manager. And then I, um, yeah, I'm a photographer as well. So i'll help fill in a few holes here but yeah no man's an island so i'm not relying on my photo skills to get this job done here at line we've got other photographers we work with um and uh yeah it's uh pretty much what i do in a nutshell is just run the instagram and uh yeah make sure our athletes have everything they fucking need to go kick ass out there so
1: yeah (laughs) that was uh beautifully put i thought that was uh you could tell that you're a corporate guy you, you had that you had that well-trained right there yeah i'm not wearing any pants right now either so I'm pretty corporate <laughs> but yeah, yeah no that's great that's great um let's see where do we want to take it dubay do you want to do a little history on yourself um you know let's do that because people are going to look at your job and they're going to say damn That job sounds awesome. And that sounds like a legit job in the ski industry, you know, one they could actually make a career out of. So uh, let's do a little history review real quick before we start getting stories about people DMing you at 3 a.m.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just so everybody knows, uh, I've been on a million Tinder and Hinge dates over the last month. So I've had to do this like 90 times (laughs) rehearsing for this. So I've condensed it into this sexy little package for you guys. So pretty easy. Um, When I was going through, uh, right when I was going through high school, um, my dad works for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, He does uh, pro football video ops. So basically all the footage you see, you don't see on TV that the players use to like do A, B, and C, blah, 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 blah. I didn't do any of that cool shit. I was basically like a locker room boy that like picked up their pads, did all that shit. And um, yeah, I worked training camps for the Baltimore Ravens over the summers from like 15 to like basically like 18 and that ended up kind of folding into a role during the season so i actually would travel with the baltimore ravens and um yeah essentially help analyze play formations on the sideline um, during ravens games a home and away for like two years um at, towards the end of my high school career um at that same time i was kind of like you know fucking around with the camera had no path or uh, all i knew was i wanted to be an adventure photographer it was always in the back of my head when i got my license i was in the fucking wilderness, I was out exploring, and yada, 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 and then, uh, yeah, pretty much that was all happening um, in the NFL, I was doing that, and then, yeah, college appeared out of nowhere, and I was like, shit, I guess I gotta get some real skills to do something, my parents are pushing me, Um, yeah, end up going to school, and uh, completely fucking sucking at college, Um, yeah, uh, very proud to say, a happy little 2.4 GPA, Um, And I never graduated, which is an awesome story that will bleed into, like, where I ended up and how this all, like, came to be. Um, Yeah, I was going to college, just doing, like, a creative major in entrepreneurial, like, studies. That went nowhere. Ended up going into public relations, shifting majors, and being like, dude, you know what? I'm starting to, like, really like this photography shit. This could be really cool to, like, pair with something to actually get a job. Because at that time, I'm just taking photos of my friends who are models or, like, You know, the girl down the street who just really wanted to come hang out and take photos. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is a weapon for mass destruction. Um, But, no, it really ended up like kind of taking me somewhere was skiing. I was always skiing like in my free time just for shits and giggles at the local uh, home mountain. Ski Liberty, baby. We love it. Um, South Central Pennsylvania. And yeah, I was fucking bailing classes all the time to go take photos of snowboarders and the skiers there um literally i mean i'm talking a lot of classes like i miss like 20 days of school just fucking deject like you know riding a motorcycle around being a little bastard um and uh yeah it was uh it was pretty wild at that time too i was outside of high school you know so i'm in college i need to make money hey when you hear oh my dad works for the baltimore ravens you're like oh this fucking guy got all oh, his parents are loaded Yeah, my parents are fucking loaded. And I'll tell you who they don't give any goddamn money to is me. They have been, you know, they have helped me out in certain situations. But, nope, Um, Papa Jake here worked at Tractor Supply for his first fucking job. I'm talking getting the little baby chickens out to people and all this. Um, They can tell you the difference between a Ford 8N oil filter and a regular Ford 8 oil filter. They do fit on the same chassis. Um, You know, all that stuff. So I was – kind of out of my element for the first time, like growing up high school kind of had it all right there. And then my parents were like, go get a fucking job. Like you got to go figure it out. So a lot of things started happening. Um, explained a bunch of different things that are all kind of happening at once Working are tractor supply at school for marketing and public relations, but I can never focus on school. I'm at, I'm at the, I'm at the ski resort and taking photos with this, you know, pretty shitty camera I got at the time. And yeah, next thing, you know, um, yeah, I completely my mom lost my free tuition benefits at school because she was working there, happened to get a job at school, so I had free tuition, lost her benefits. The school was like, yo, you're fucked. Like you we're gonna give you one semester. Like, here you go. Like, sorry we fucked you. And I was like, Well, I'm not paying for school because that sounds like a lot. So yeah, essentially I bulked up on a bunch of photo classes that sounded badass. And public relations classes relating to social media. i was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna like take the biggest scoop I can before I get kicked in the ass out the door. Um, whether that was by school or my parents that were like getting ready to. Um, yeah, next. What happened next is pretty fucking crazy. Um, worked for a headband company that had this proprietary headband technology, really crazy. And then, um, yeah, I fucking blew up their like little social following they had. Um, And then all of us kind of mutinied and left the company because the owner was kind of crazy and she was hitting on me and it was scary. Um, Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a a little young bull. This cougar was, yeah. Anyway, long story short, left that situation. Um, I'm going to try to fast forward this a little bit because I don't want to bore people here. I want you to have an exciting story. But yeah. I am now out of my ass from this little job. I've literally dropped out of school. I'm living the fucking Steve Jobs right now. I'm I don't have the turtleneck, but goddamn, do I have some energy to do some cool shit? And yeah, my dad like hits me up and's like, yo, dude, some homies in Pittsburgh like have this opportunity with this company called DV Sport. They do all the technology in the surface tablet systems. And my dad's like, yeah, they need a fucking bullshit intern. Um, sorry for all the cussing you're going to have to cuss- put out or put in. No, we keep it we keep it in. We stay raw here because yeah. Jake's the most core guy in the ski world. But, yeah, no, long story short, um, go move out to Pittsburgh for this job opportunity. I'm, like, helping officiate NCAA and SEC, like, these these conferences for college football and helping out with some of this technology that goes in the Surface Tablet. Mind you guys, I don't know shit about any of this technology shit, but literally got a lucky opportunity. I adapted and I just fucking, I don't know. I was in Pittsburgh trying to fucking make friends and I didn't have a lot of them. Um, and yeah, I just do this job. And I remember um, a really big defining moment for me. If you have kind of fallen along, everybody is like, I remember, I'm at this job in Pittsburgh. I had mo- moved there in that August, you know, out of my ass. Like, what do I go back to school? What do I do? And Well, I remember it was a few months after I'd moved to Pittsburgh, didn't really have a lot of friends, and was sitting there one day, and I couldn't stop watching, like, edits, like, ski edits. Like, I was watching some old Wallish edits, like, just fucking, that's all I do in the back room. And I just remember my boss walked in at the time, and he's like, you know what, Jake, I don't think this is for you. He's like, there's something about you. He's like, there's something... He's like, you're always trying to go adventure. You're trying to do this. He's like, this. I don't know. This this is the place to do all these things you want to do. And like, no later than that, like I stayed with the company like a month longer and then worked remote for them that I was like, I was like, without a doubt, like putting in a fucking literal envelope here. Like, if you ever want to do something, there's one thing you take away from this episode. I'm not kidding you. Go get a fucking piece of paper right now. Write down something you want to do and just go hide it somewhere in your room um real good thing to to do and i totally did that but yeah i ended up moving back home pretty bummed out and uh yeah i ended up getting this little contract gig for major league soccer to help them with sony's Hawk guy bullshit the instant replay for soccer i hate soccer i'm sorry guys if you're soccer fans but it's so boring they're all talking british to me i didn't understand shit they were saying um and meanwhile i'm this like league tech liaison on a contract gig until that September to help with major league soccer. And then, um, yeah, next thing, you know, did that whole assignment and I'm applying everywhere in the ski world. I'm a, like Woodward copper fucking like Keystone at the time. Cause it was popping off and like all these cool places. I'm like, I, I had this crazy dream and my parents were like fucking totally like, what are you doing? I'm applying at every major resort you can think of every media job with like this little fucking track record being like, maybe if I could just get on park crew, and put this now expensive FX camera I got in my backpack. Maybe I could fucking be somebody. Maybe I could. Maybe I could do this adventure photography thing for a living. I was like, damn, maybe I could do that. Well, it's all funny how it all works out because this is where shit gets wild. Um, I'm literally working this dead end jo- contract job. It, it ends, and it is September. I have applied at literally fifty fucking resorts. No, nobody got back to me. Absolutely nobody, except this, or except this Boston accent motherfucker Ryan McCallum up at uh, Sunday River. He's like, "Hey Bob, uh, pretty fucking overqualified for this job. Uh, why, why you want to be a park ranger up at Sunday River?" And I was like. Well, I don't know. It seems like you guys have a park Instagram. It'd be kind of cool to take that over. He's like, I, I don't know about that, but, like, you know, you can bring your camera and take some cool photos and shit. And I was like, fuck, sign me up. So sold my motorcycle, sold pretty much everything that I had at the time. I got a job up at Sunday River up in Maine. Um, end up hopping on park crew up there for a season, literally living in a fucking shack. At the, I'm, I'm talking, like, in efficiency at the bottom of the mountain, literally using a griddle that I plugged in to, like, cook and like it was it was hellish um god bless those tinder girls that came over they probably thought i was a fucking like like goddamn peasant living in squalor um but anyway and all my friends did too so that's why they always let me come chill at the park house which was dope um but yeah no i go up there work a season i'm gonna fast forward a little bit because we're jumping on a few of these points but living up at sunday river for an entire year um I had my camera in my bag every day and I just made it my dream to like take as many fucking dope photos for the mountain. The mountain let me run the Instagram for the parks page. When um, literally I, I got there first night I got there, I took Milky way photos over the resort cause I was bored. And then a cougar scared me in the bushes. So I like hurried up and fucking scurried down the mountain cause there was a fucking cougar up there. It was scary. And uh, yeah, no, I showed the photos of the resort. They let me run the parks Instagram for the resort. It grew up by like three, 4,000 followers like fucking pretty dope. And then I was getting featured on like Ski the East, uh, like a few good photos. And then a few other brands were like picking up some of the stuff here and there. And uh, yeah, towards the end of the season, I kept telling everybody, I'm like, I'm going to go out to Wendell's. My dream is now to be a photographer out at Wendell's for the summer. That's like, so cool. And I saw like, like all these guys taking photos out there. And I was like, so pumped to like go out. I pulled every string I could tried to get out there. I my lease ends up running out um, at Sunday River, and I'm pretty like bummed. And I'm like, fuck, I have no backup plan. So I move back home for literally two weeks, and I am like royally, royally depressed. Like I am so sad. I'm like, I just got all these photos. I got these photos everywhere. This is so sick. And 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 I'm like just fucking so sad. Like I'm out trying to take some photos, making some extra money in that two weeks I'm home, and. Out of the like this whole the whole story how I got to where I'm at is just a bunch of like happenstance weird bullshit. Next thing you know, I get home and uh like those two weeks later, Ryan calls me and he's like, Hey, there's this guy Weasel. Um he told me he, he works at fucking hood and he's like, Yeah, they, they need another guy on park crew out there for the summer. And I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, when do I gotta be out there? He's like, uh like five days, and I was like, Fuck yeah, pack that Nissan robe fucking thick. Drove out there, literally met up with my buddy Hayden Weeks. He was this like, you know, young swervy guy up at Mount Hood, just fucking biggest ski bum ever playing the guitar, long ass hair, like never met the guy. And I was like, I just messaged him on the DMs. I'm like, yo, dude, you want to get a fucking spot? I got a gig on Park Crew out at, out, at, out at Mount Hood. I know it's not the Wendell's gig I had mentioned, like that would have been sick. But fuck it. And so him and I got a place for five hundred dollars, I'll sleeping on the bed in the back, you sleeping on the couch all summer. Down in Rhododendron, I got this little spot. I mean I mean, it was the size of like wall to wall here. It was so tiny. Um and goddamn Hayden. There was so much spliff material everywhere all the time, dude. It was great. Um but yeah, no, next thing you know, finish out that whole summer. Um and uh yeah again trying to fast forward this because there's a lot here but it's good to know next thing you know i'm talking to this girl in like southern washington right outside of portland and she's like i'm like hey yeah i gotta move back home i'm fucked um you know like park like the season ended this and that (laughs) she's like dude you want to come move into my tiny house with me and i'm like fuck yeah that sounds dope so i end up go live with this girl in her tiny house for like like two months And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to find a job out here. Be a West Coast boy now. Well, you know what? I think the stars were telling me uh, otherwise. And I ended up applying at Seven Springs as a terrain park marketing coordinator, um, which some fucking awesome people have had that role. Um, And uh, yeah, fucking pretty dope terrain parks. Went out there. Uh, I'm going to super fast forward now. Went out there, did the terrain parks. uh, Like basically was their media guy for the, the winter coordinating like the snowboarder mag project there and stuff um bringing on like dylan hodak go hodak fucking uh, all these people to like be involved with everything that's where i first met wallace because he was on like the park team um so tom Wallish met him there he's on park team the resort pays him a certain amount of money to be kind of the face of of seven springs out there and then yeah that was my first touch with him and first touch with andy perry uh, which I begged and pleaded for traveling circus to come to the resort. Cause there's literally in the fucking van, a no go list for resorts and seven Springs was on there for reasons. I'm not going to mention in this podcast um, <laughs> so far, um, but yeah, no super, super long story short did that somehow like what, one of my idols uh, uh, goofy goose on fucking uh, on the, on the, uh, on the old gram there. Amazing photographer. Um, yeah, no, yeah I was looked up to him and he wasn't doing the photo gig at Wendell. So I went out there and uh yeah, Jason aarons um now is now on surface. You're you're always pretty much been doing that. Um yeah, I was like, dude, yeah, you want to come out and be the photographer. But funny story, I gotta mention this quick little thing that happened. At the end of my season at Seven Springs, I unfortunately went off a 70-foot jump and landed about 30 fucking feet too deep off the spot jump too um and royally shattered my ac or not my acl i also did that but royally shattered my collarbone and uh yeah i got out of surgery like a few weeks later and the guy was like dude you can't fucking ski this summer like you you got like extra shatter here you're fucked and i was like i'm not I'm going to mount hood they said i they said i'm the photographer guy so went out there for the summer kicked ass that's how i got my first real feel of everything um and uh, if there's an inspiring moment of this whole fucking podcast or anybody, it's these next three quick things I'm going to say. I went out to Wendell's. I got to shoot with the biggest fucking pros possible out there. And, and by the way, a precedent to all this, when I was first out at Mount Hood, I was in the pro park shooting with a lot of people. So that's how I got the gig with Seven Springs, it was like shooting with some of the athletes, like first – person i shot there was like maggie voice and had no clue who she was at the time i just remember like getting posted up on a verified account i was like whoa i'm a little dirty park crew guy with a camera that was cool but anyway flash forward when dells went successful i'm like shooting with all these big pros it's so sick getting to meet all these people and then I have nothing to show for it job wise after I'm on my ass again. I moved back to Pennsylvania and I'm literally like as low as you possibly be. I'm like, I just had the summer of my life out here. This was so amazing. What am I, what did I do wrong? Like, why didn't this work? Why can't I be an adventure photographer? Why can't I work for a brand? Why? like I've done this. I paid my dues. Well, that's the thing. Like, there's no roadmap for anybody out there. And the biggest thing anybody I want to take away from that, from this podcast, is that. Like, there's no roadmap for anybody out there. Fuck what anybody else is doing. You might suck two years more than you're supposed to, but who cares? There's no path for anyone. But um, lo and behold, did social media for this car company, CJ Pony Parts, fucking random. I don't know nothing about cars or any of that stuff, but I did social there and it was a sandbox for social media and fucking up and I fucked up a lot but I figured out all these things with social media and good marketing practices and did a lot of research on my own for this year after Wendell's and it was a good year and a half out of the ski industry that I needed to refresh recharge get these skills that I didn't have from thinking that oh I was going to be given everything on a silver plate because I shot at Wendell's or stuff and whatnot well I couldn't have been more wrong I needed more skills that job out of the ski industry um, was part of the next big step with what happened to like line then um, and whatnot. So yeah, I'm working for this dead end fucking Mustang company that just is like making me lose my mind working with cars. And uh, yeah, Jaren's had been flowing me like skis for surface. And I remember I went up to, uh, I went up to Corinthia for this amazing long weekend with like some of the 860 guys were like there and it was so sick shooting uh, i was like on the surface ski shot a few of the surface guys that like randomly just riding skis maybe they weren't surface guys but yeah i just remember then all of a sudden fucking jaren's with surface hits me up and he was like dude you want to come shoot the twenty-one, twenty-two assets for surface and i was like fuck yeah that sounds so sick go out there i'm like so stoked and i right before i went i just remember i wrote it down i was like this is your last fucking opportunity to get into the ski world make it count and I put in a notebook and closed that shit and I went out to Hood and I just put everything onto the table. I was like, I'm just gonna try to take some badass fucking photos out here um for hood. And then uh yeah I did that. And then um I get home and I'm now depressed again. I'm like I just had an amazing time with all these guys out at Hood. Like what in God's name am I doing? Why can't I make this work? And lo and behold you just gotta kind of stick to your guns. I had forgotten that I had applied for line for this position to be the uh, social media like marketing coordinator specialist guy. And yeah, I just get an email while I'm going to shoot with a Spotify artist. It's from Stephen Hartle, my boss. And it's like, Hey um, yeah. Can we interview you? And I was like, hell yeah. And I, re- I'll never forget. Like I still got it ingrained in my head. I'm literally at my parents' house. They like bought a bed and breakfast. I'm literally in this back, like farm part of the fucking thing. And I get hop on a call with them and, again they might think differently of this but like i I swear to god like 20 seconds on that call after talking to them, i knew i was like i know i'm the guy for this like i know i want to be here and i could tell that i think they felt the same way right out the gate so uh yeah we've been uh there ever since um yeah i know that's a little long-winded um If you made it this far, fuck yeah. Good for you for listening to a story. My ADHD would not have let me listen to somebody ramble about their life this long, but (laughs) so yeah, that's it. And now I'm in Seattle. They relocated me out here. Woo. You're in my basement. Welcome aboard.
1: Yeah, dude. First of all, great story. I love when I can just sit and listen for a little while. Um, I think that that story is like the textbook example of trying to work in any job in media. It's like, I I mean, I I resonated with this so much when you said like, oh, I just got off the best project of my life. And (laughs) now there's nothing like, like what happened? Like I was like two months ago, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And now there's seemingly there's nothing to show for it. But you know, the truth is that you have that experience under your belt and those skills, but it is just so frustrating at times. Dude.
0: Yeah. I, it, it it really is something that like really impacted me. And I, I have to tap back into how that all happened, you know, at at least once or twice a year and remind myself, I'm like, Jake, you're not owed fucking anything. Like I always, I, I definitely think that sometimes, especially when you do something big, you get that big dopamine in your rush. You're like, Oh, now everybody is going to like give me what I want. It's like, no, you've got to keep working. You've got to keep charging forward like a path and a path and momentum doesn't start from one singular clap. You got to keep fucking clapping. You got to keep going. Um, but yeah, that, it still sucks though. It's like, it's just like a little tease. It's like a little tickle. You're like, Oh, that was cool. And then you're like, well, where's the, where's, where's the next tickle. And it never fucking happens. Um, and then you cry for a bit and,
1: <laughs> but dude, and then, and yeah. then it just always, it always seems like, or at least in my experience, and it seems like your experience you never see like that nice big gig coming up or you never see like, oh, this next job opportunity. It's like you're down in the dumps big time. And then one day you just get an email and you're like, oh, perfect. <laughs> like I don't have to suffer Dude, anymore. Or at least I'll have to that, suffer for the next like 12 months or six months or however long the contract is.
0: Yeah, like whether it's jobs or like relationships or anything, I think the best relationships I've ever had are the ones that I'm like, fuck, I had no idea that was coming. Like it's just like slaps you. Like that's the type of stuff with work too, jobs, contracts, gigs, whatever that thing's going to just sneak up on you. And when it sneaks up on you, like just sit there and like be a little mindful about it all. Like enjoy that, that, that's something really special. And I look forward to those things like every day when I can, like those special little things that happen, like, I I don't know how I got this lucky with, with any of this, like ever. And, and for anybody listening, like you said too, I mean, I know you have experience with this, like, yeah it it'll happen to everybody it'll happen you just got to hold out like yeah. just got to hold out a little longer damn, M- emotional ted talk you know listen hey gotta do a little jake break here papa just stole the red bull cooler from the office i'm not even fucking lying so we need to have a little little snap of the core's light here to, to mellow the mood but yeah
1: yeah i was gonna share one of my stories with you actually and i haven't told this yeah, on the probably. podcast yet so this is adds to the lore a little bit i was in uh And this is just an example of just how random this crap can be. Sometimes it was a big sky um, summer 2021 on a trip that was supposed to take place March, 2020. So we're going to go on a little family ski trip, something called COVID happens March, 2020. And then big Sky's like, all right, listen, we'll keep your hotel credit show up at some point within the next like 24 months. And you're good. Well, we were wasting time. And then we're like, shit, we got to use this credit. And it's summer. Whatever, we'll just go out there for the summer. We went out there. Then we're going to the top of uh, I think it's called Lone Peak or whatever the main peak is there. And uh, we're doing like a, a tour. And there's a tour group. And then we start talking to the people next to us. This this woman and her daughter. And uh, they're like, "Hey, what do you do?" I'm like, "Oh, I work in TV." She's like, "Oh, my husband used to work in TV. Now he does X, Y, and Z for." Uh, for outside, which is like a company that a lot of people know outside magazine, they have like a whole digital side. They're like, Oh, she's like, Oh, I'll put you in touch with them. Well, like we briefly get introduced that summer, whatever, six months goes by. I, I just quickly follow up over email or LinkedIn or whatever it was. And he's like, Oh yeah, we actually need help with something. Uh, here's like a six month contract that we need help, help with. And this all just randomly fell into place because like this woman just happened to be sitting next to me on this tour bus and uh boom it was like six months it was awesome we went to texas and utah and florida and colorado and all over the place making all this content and then all of a sudden it's over and you're like like what the hell was that all about it's like you get like dizzy from it it's like six months of just basically your dream job and then all of a sudden you're looking for work again
0: yeah and that's what happened to me man like I I can tell you, like, when I was at Sunday River, like, those guys there were, like, my fucking brothers by the end. Like, I was going through it mentally. Like, I was really fucking anxious and, like, down. I was kind of going through some post-concussive syndrome shit from a nasty fall. And, like, those guys there were, like, my brothers. And that whole experience was, like, so defining. And then, snap, I'm at Timberline with this whole new group of people I don't know. And then, snap, I'm at, like, I'm at Seven Springs with this whole new group of people i don't know and every time too like i can tell you from all those snaps that happen whether you got contracts in your life any of the problems you're having during that it's just going to keep happening if you like if you continue to do certain things you start to notice patterns about yourself pretty quick yeah um which is probably the positive side of like doing that stuff over and over again which hey no fault to some people though i i know you and i know there's people out there that live that life until they're fucking like 60 like contract 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 like Uh. i i don't know if i can do that i think i'm just like you know i i don't know i feel like i'm a kilter out of uh being vanilla like fully vanilla but definitely not vanilla but like some days i'm like dude why do i not want to do that but i don't know there's a lot to it there's a lot of just being like not having that consistency not having that comfort can really fuck with you i think what i found out of like what we're talking about if anybody else can relate to this is is like i fuck with the idea of having a home base i love the idea of having this home base remember just because you put your fucking roots somewhere doesn't mean that you oh everything's fucked like you didn't have a kid so you're good no offense to anybody who's had a kid love you steven um my ba- dude my gold brand manager has two kids and he's still kicking ass and it's like fucking incredible that he runs line and he's got two like i love it but yeah wherever you put your like you can put your feet down a little bit you know you don't have to keep running you don't have to keep doing the contracts and stuff and i tell that to a lot of the young guys in the ski world too or just chase, chasing park crew job park crew job resort job resort job i'm like listen like don't be afraid to put your feet down for a little bit like even if it is doing a contract job in one location like start there just stay in one area yeah. there's some people that like i'm at whistler now i'm here now i'm here now i'm here, now I'm, here. I'm like Maybe try a few years at the same resort, and and see if you can break in something bigger there. Or there's a community you can get involved in. So uh, again, no roadmap for success, as you found. It could be that random fucking person up on the mountain, like yeah. you know. Uh, I hope I run into somebody cool. I always like. I hope I run into a fucking real famous guy that can hire me downtown, so I don't have to work for Line anymore. That works for like some crazy MGM company. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I was joking. I love Line, um, but
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. We'll pivot. Well, enough talking about working in media. Yeah. Even, yeah. We're, even we're though I can literally TED talk, talk here.
0: about
1: I could talk about that all day long, dude. And that's all we talk about it. it was that, one last comment on that. When you're in that world of working contract to contract, gig to gig, the best part is everyone else around you is also doing the same thing for the most part. So there's a lot of camaraderie in that. Like you go to work like, Hey, what did you just Very get on? Oh, Hey, what's the <laughs> next thing. Oh, who's hiring for that? Blah, blah, blah. I like that. I like the the wheeling and dealing aspect of the whole thing. But we have to turn a corner at some point. And Slip us uh, through. let's uh let's talk about the athlete management side cuz I think that's the funniest part of your job for sure. Is dealing oh, with God. all these all these guys, different person uh, guys and girls, but you know, I just say guys is like the royal term. Yeah, no like, worries. Yeah, just like uh, all the different personalities, all the different requests and requirements i mean do you have any just initial thoughts about that to to start us off
0: hey there's a reason they call me papa jake on the phone um when they call no not everybody does but i swear a lot of these guys do um yeah no i i'm here to do a job i'm here to make sure these guys have the best fucking time of their life being with lion skis because it it is the coolest thing ever um this family we have is something special um like haven't been involved with some other ski brands um and and done some other stuff this will be the one time i i slightly brush other brands is like we are unique we are so uniquely positioned to like be friends with these athletes but still execute our mission and our job and it not really deteriorate like our effectiveness like just working with these athletes i've been able to get so close to them and I can tell you a million crazy, horrible, funny stories, and I can also tell you a, ma- a million amazing ones of where like, getting athlete skis last minute all worked out. Um, it doesn't always go pen and paper. Things do not always go to plan. Um, we've got back-end stuff we got to deal with with warehousing, getting skis to people. But yeah, in a nutshell, it is uh, a very dynamic field trying to get people skis, whether that's somebody who broke a pair of skis right before X Games or something. And I got to call a local shop and be like, Hey, uh, can I send you a pair of skis? Uh, so-and-so needs a pair of skis. and We're fucked. Um, and, like, I know my skis aren't going to get there in five minutes. Um, so, yeah, it's stuff like that. Um, and, again, a million and one fun stories with that. But I'll be honest, when I started with the line, I was scared shitless about that. You're like, oh, you're running all – you're basically helping with all these athletes now. Connor being the most amazing boss ever, um, aside from his terrible fucking taste in house music, God damn it, it's so bad he is so amazing at like turning that dimmer switch on with, with athlete management for me. Like these guys, like he definitely like slowly got me more and more involved. And then he kind of saw, I got a a good rhythm for it. So yeah, working with these athletes, sometimes I feel like I'm an agent for these guys. Like there's been guys I've helped get some contract gigs and, and something I would honestly love to do one day is be an agent. I don't think I have the skills yet. I don't think I'm ready to jump off there yet. Um, but working with these people, you just become friends with them. Like hearing some of these guys cry, going through breakups with people, me being their therapist at two in the morning when they're definitely not in any any illicit substances, um, skating down the street, really fast crying. Like it's, it's really crazy seeing all levels of it from the high, high end levels of like dealing with wallish, um, you know, like the professional, like, I mean, Tom's just the fucking best guy ever and dealing with like getting him skis to just being like, like, I don't know. There's so many factors of it that I, that I think about all the time. I'm like, I can't believe I do that. Like, but the cool thing is like you think it's bigger than you, but anybody can do this. Like you can, you can be, if you're somebody like me who is like ADHD, you're hyper. This is the perfect type of thing for you. This is a way to get that energy out. It's a way to be personable And also, too, it's a way to really network, like working with these athletes. I can tell you, I think I help these athletes out as much as they help me, too. There's a lot of times if I need something, like they'll reach out and do this or that. But at the end of the day, my job as in the athlete management side of things is I'm here to make sure these guys can go out and kick ass. I'm I'm here, like whatever that means. We whatever it takes, like we will always get you a pair of skis when you need them. Um, the most like there's there's nothing standing our way there I don't care if it's overnight shipping I don't care if it's me having so-and-so drive a pair of skis like Brian Gardner just had to drive Tom Wallace's skis all the way to Winter Park from Vale the other day bless his heart because uh there's a little bit of a FedEx snafu on their end and uh thank god like you gotta be quick on your feet like athlete management has put the phone like tell your significant other sorry honey I got to deal with this fucking flaming pile of shit right now. And like, we've definitely like, it's a lot sometimes, but once you get into a groove with it, once you get into a rhythm, it's just problem solving on the fly. It's just, you know, it's just deluxe. Like basically my job is to just solve a Rubik's cube each day like as fast as I can and deal with that. Like whether that's sending athletes, he's sending them all to the same house. So that's that in a nutshell. I don't want to go too rambly there, but uh, yeah, well, it's pretty fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now that just a thought on that, because we could go so many different directions just because you're such a great guest. It just, you make it so damn easy. <laughs> um, just giving me so much to work off of, but just a thought on Wallish, And I mean, who the hell am I to say this, but I, you could just tell why he's gone as far as he has. Like, set it, working with him on that episode, and then s- just seeing him after that, um, just the single most professional person I've ever met or worked with in skiing. Like, I, I, like we were saying with media, you work with like I work with like hundreds of people every year. And yeah. Tom, and Tom, it's like you you email him, you text him, you talk to him, and it's like, dude, this guy is like so reliable. <laughs> you can't even believe it. He's just like, he's on top of his shit. He does like a million different things. And uh, I love him. I love Tom. Wallace. Dude. Tom,
0: Tom is Tom is great. Like speaking to that a little bit too, like making sure he's all set with his gear. Um, yeah. Like I, I think it's important to like keep those relationships. Well, one thing I learned in the NFL, when I was working in the NFL, like working with Ray Lewis, Joe Flacco, like some of the guys are the Ravens. Like, you're you're freaking out at first you're like holy fuck that's that guy that makes 200 million dollars a year or whatever um but like me growing up in that sector just watered everything down for me it was like these are people and i saw that in the nfl from those guys crying after practice to like being this and that carried that over to to skiing like dude tom he's a fucking real person like i'll tell you where that all like really hit me for the first time is we did a trip to japan Um, To film for our new uh, all mountain freestyle ski, the the line Bacon. And we're out there like the first three days, it's just our core team, line, our core internal line employees there. We're doing, we're like getting a a taste of Tokyo so we can put it into some future projects and this and that. Then the athletes arrive three days later. It's fucking, dude, it's so crazy waking up uh, in our bedroom because we had an extra bed and just seeing Tom. it it like like Tom's like hey what's up guys I'm like this is so fucking cool in Japan with Tom but like (laughs) it's one of those things where I was like always a little freaked out at first dealing with Tom because you know you've got these nerves dude he's the most like normal chill guy ever and that's what I'm telling you about anybody like I've at this point now worked with a lot of really up there people as uh, more for me like people I consider up there where I'm like oh they're famous they're like celebrities this and that and now I'm just, like, now that I realize everybody is just a fucking real person that's, like, just trying to go have some ramen or, like, explore and have the same experience as I have, it makes it so much easier to, like, relate to them. But it really does help when they're really easy to work with, and um, Tom is uh, no exception there. So in the athlete management side of thing, Tom gets an A+. Plus. Um, I want to mention a few of my younger athletes who get lower grades, but Simeon, I'm not going to mention your name here on the podcast. Oh,
1: (laughs) yeah, I think, um, I think outside of just in general, in terms of like working with, uh, you know, people that you perceive as like higher status for whatever reason, whether that's super wealthy, you know, super important job, just for whatever reason, the people that I have found are usually unapproachable and, uh, Larger than life, and you're like, wow, it's like really hard to interact with them. That's just because they're a run of the mill asshole. Like that's why they're hard to talk to. It's not because they have a ton of money. No, they're difficult to talk to because they're an asshole. And because uh, there's plenty of people with tons of money that are great people, and you're like, wow, you're really easy to talk to. And then uh, yeah. there's other people, and you're like, oh no, you're just an asshole. That's why it seems like it's hard to talk to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? I I think there's some people that come off as assholes, but like. You know, there you you gotta like you kind of gotta give everybody a good solid chance, and I think I do that with all the athletes too. Um, And especially for myself, I'm no I know I'm not anything too too special, and I don't want to. Sometimes I feel like the my energy comes off as me trying to have like an ego. And at the end of the day, I'm just uh, sometimes it's a little harder for me to control my energy, and that's just that. But at the same time, I gotta put that in the perspective of the athlete too, like why is this person acting a certain way like what's going on in their world like you really mm-hmm. got to put yourself in the athlete's shoes with shit because i think there's been times where i've misread things like athletes are doing or this and that and i've like like it's the ultimate communication challenge is being a team manager mm-hmm. you've got to simultaneously be everybody's friend but simultaneously not be everybody's friend you've got to be pushing the bounds there but also, I like that it goes both ways with athletes. This is a really big point I want to make. Athlete management and, and, and the athlete management is just in line, just being a team manager. I'm not, I'm not their fucking agent at all. Yeah. Most of these guys do have agents or vice versa. But one point I want to drive home is that these guys are checking. I'm checking these guys as much as they're checking me. Like I, I'll I'll be straightforward and honest with you. And I, I I hope other people would be honest about this type of stuff, but like, There's been times I'm posting a certain way on social and guys will approach me and be like, Hey, Jake, like, want to be honest with you. Like, uh, is this line? Like, is is this, what, is this the line we're all making together? Like, is like asking me these questions, not as, as they're mad at me, but like, like, Hey, like, are you being too hypey with this? Like, like it's good to get checked a little bit on what we're doing from the athletes as much as I'm checking them. Like I'm keeping them accountable, but dude biggest thing i've got from this job is these guys keeping me accountable to to live up to what this brand's gonna be and what these athletes have had a taste of about what's coming with line and and me get on that same page especially when you're almost the voice of this brand on social you gotta be there but that's something a lot of people are afraid to be a lot of people are trying to be a ruthless team manager like i'm fucking running the show like my way or the highway but like A lot of times I sit back and be like, dude, that was stupid, Jake. Like, what are you doing? And, and I'll take that from the athletes too. And some of these guys are like, Jake, that's not cool. Like what the fuck? And I'm like, thanks for being honest with me. Like, I'd rather you tell me straight up. That's like, not like cool or this or that, or that's not like, like, what is, what are you doing? I, I think that's a really cool thing and and a really special thing about line. And that's not just with the, the athletes that's with us internally. Like we're not afraid to fucking punch each other, give it a little jab, and be like, "Yo, hey, check yourself." Like, like, nah. what are we doing here? So I, I'd say that's something really, really special with this line family that I'm like, like, dude, it, it, it keeps my heart bumping pretty fast with this brand. Like, whether that's like any of the athletes just DMing me, like, like some of their thoughts on stuff, or being like, "Hey, like, you know, like." Recently we had a big conversation at Mount hood in this like big meeting we had. And like, what came of that was pretty cool. Like some of the athletes coming up to me and talking and telling me like, Hey, like let's focus on the pros. Let's focus on the big guys here. Like we're, we're, we're posting too much young gun action here, but like you're doing a kick-ass job of posting these young guns that deserve a spotlight. But like, also remember, we're here to show off these guys that earned it. And you know what? These young guys got to fucking pay their dues. So that's something I need to get back in line with. And I think I'm doing a really good job now personally, but I'd say that's good advice for everybody. Like there's, there's a, there's a pecking order to everything, but listen to your athletes. Like you've got to listen to the athletes. Like they run this brand. There's no figurehead at line skis anymore. Like there has been figureheads in the past and I don't need to name their names, but like, this is the skier. This is for the skiers that were that are here at line and this is for our customers, like this is your line skis for the first time. This isn't one person who's got a popular name up there with with a special symbol on the ski. Like this is this is your line skis, and we're trying to get there. And I think next year people will understand more of what we're talking about. But um, yeah, no, quick little TED Talk there, sponsored <laughs> by Coors Banquet. Please pay this man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's... Uh... It's it's actually like that's that echo something I was thinking lately, just about the sports industry at large, because that's that's all I that's the box I've put myself in in terms of my career and my hobby with this. Um, Dude, none of this, none of it exists without the athletes like like this whole sport of skiing without like without the skiers it's nothing it doesn't matter how how great a, if there's nothing to take a photo of it doesn't matter how great of a photographer you are then it's just landscape photography you know like at the I end agree. of the day it is all it is all about the athletes and everyone else could disappear and uh the sport would still go on because it, at the end of the, and that goes for every sport every single sport football baseball basketball hockey blah blah, blah. whatever you want to say like espn doesn't exist without some kid falling in love with hockey when he's young and then growing up to become a professional hockey player or basketball player, football player. Like it's all on the athletes. So it's just like, dude, big respect to to anyone that like anyone that's about that oh, life. Yeah. Cause I was never about that life. I was never trying to be an athlete ever, you know, or professional athlete for that matter. Um, yeah. So respect. It's all, it all comes back to them.
0: Dude. Yeah. Th- these guys, I mean, they're all, everybody, Like, even when you think someone's slack and they're not they're it's, it's really, it's really cool to see like, this is, this is for the athletes. Um, And, you know, like not to, not to keep rambling about this too much longer, but like, you know, in line two, it's about the athletes and it's about making sure these athletes getting the respect they deserve from us. Like we need to respect them. And what does respect mean from a brand? That means acknowledging them, acknowledging what they want to do. And acknowledging correct amounts of support so you know like we're paying a bunch of athletes that i would say like you know normally money might go other places but like these people deserve to be paid these these are athletes that deserve to be paid and you know i i I think you got to put your money where your mouth is like with with some of these guys like backing some of these young guns giving them cash but also giving a nice good opportunity for these other guys to step up to the plate like hey you want to you want to be up in the batting lineup here go fucking head like go prove it so yeah you know there's there's still good give and take there but yeah you know it starts with these guys and like to, to round the whole athlete management point together my job's just here to i'm trying to make it easy on them i i want these guys to have as easy as a process as possible and i know you know any of our athletes listening to this definitely know for sure as other brands experience like there are there are multiple times i lose my marbles over something that happens in the warehouse not being able to get a pair of skis and and whatnot but like i will try to do anything and everything to to make sure these guys can go compete at the highest level they can whether that's a you know child labor project in the streets or whether that's a tucker Fitzsimons, you know freaking like do tour magic that's going on like it doesn't matter, like whatever. Or the your small kid at the tow rope in Michigan who's going to a rail jam on the weekend and I, I, he's in our flow program. Like Yeah. Just gotta gotta make sure these guys know that I got your back now. Now do work for me here. Like scratch <laughs> scratch my back, I scratch your back. And uh I think we have a really good tempo at line with that. So
1: Yeah. Well, so obviously some of your guys from me listening, you know. I I think I've been saying this more lately. There's a lot of different people that listen to these episodes for different reasons, and I think yours in particular. There's gonna be people saying, "Hey, this is behind the scenes guy. How do <laughs> I?" So this is transitioning to the question that they are probably thinking: Is uh, I I want to be pro. How does that happen? Like like what's the what's the entry point for line? Or you could speak generally about the industry. Like you can even go into the diff- different tiers of support that you guys offer like yeah yeah what's an up-and-comer looking like what's the landscape look like for an up-and-comer that wants to uh get paid as as wallace used to say
0: nice nice well as the old behind the scenes works here here's the veil here <laughs> Ooh, i'm gonna pull it back baby. okay pretty easy um i'll explain how it works at line i'll explain my feelings on being pro and then i'll explain how that works at line um so how it breaks down with a company like ours is Like your shops are are how you're going to get kind of noticed to start. Like you're going to talk to the shop and be like, okay, Hey, is there a local line rep? I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to do this or that. And then maybe get on a flow program with them. But what we have um, that that's a little bit more complicated to explain there, but to keep it really simple is we have to start, we have what we call our MC flow program, which we're kind of rebranding into something else pretty wild. Mm -hmm. But this program defines all these younger athletes who we flowing either codes um, to get skis or we're flowing skis to, to like that. We believe they're at a level that or represent line in a unique way um, to do A, B and C for the brand or to potentially be pro. Um, you know, we want to give all these guys an equal shot to, to to, you know, rise up. So the MC flow program exists basically based regionally. So we have reps in all these regions in the country, um, in these sectors. And for each of those regions, um, I've now taken over this year will be the first year I really implement the way I want to do it. The North American flow program, uh, which will be called something special, but I don't want to spoil any fun. Um, These guys, guys and gals on these lists in all of these like six, seven sectors across the country, I coordinate this year will be the first time I get to do this we'll coordinate directly with our athletes to give a yay. Like our athletes are basically going to help describe which athletes get flown product across the country. I'm going to present them and uh, pretty much try to be, give the dominant like feeling of who we want in these regions for, for what purpose and and whatnot. Because I know like a good example is like Simeon glass Midwest. I like mentioned him in my interview because they were like, who could we bring on? And I'm like, I've looked at lines like Midwest presence. You guys don't have a good Midwest presence here. Simeon's fucking kicking ass. That's an athlete I'd love to see on line skis because it was so funny me being like, what, what line athletes in the fucking Midwest that's like been tearing it up? And you see all these other guys, like again, a million ones that I, I yeah, all of Simeon's fucking idols up there in the midwest uh, you you know a million skiers that ski in the midwest um, uh, just let everybody think of, of a specific one or two but yeah no like so that's a hole there and i was like fuck yeah bring him on same with other parts of the country we could add all mountain um like free ride like like you know consistency too and also these guys on this mc flow program basically get these opportunities to come to some of these line you know, pop-ups or events and stuff and do stuff, but they can get this chance to be noticed. So the flow program, the line MC flow program is designed to either I A flow skis, or B, give discounts to some of these guys to help them amplify their game, make this cheaper, get to the next level. Um, so then after that, we have our amateur athletes, which are unconditionally like flowed skis. And their design is very poorly designed. If you're an amateur, we want you to be a pro. I like will do whatever I can. Like you're an amateur athlete, you're going to be at team shoots. Um, you're you're going, we're going to try to get you at team shoots, I should say. And the hope is that as an amateur athlete and you're elevated to that point, you're gonna have this opportunity to come, like dominate wherever you're at, be the presence and prove that you deserve to be pro. Um, but yeah, I would say too, let's talk about like what it means to be pro. Um, I love like Kevin Perrin, um, Tree Fort fucking best way he said it better than fucking anybody like ever he he said it in now there's like one poster story or something and kp's the fucking man go shop some tree for uh from the so episode we'll that camera strap
1: yeah it was from it was hot it was this hot take from the episode that we did together yeah
0: that's exactly what it was from actually it was the hot yeah. take hit the way kevin described being pro so exactly how i feel like pro isn't really pro pro is kind of being like this I think pro is being in this high level representation phase where you can accomplish a lot. You can accomplish more than you probably ever could in terms of like getting what your message is out, out into the world, but being pro, like you still have to go. Like I, I've tried to teach some of the young guns, this, like some guys are like, Oh, I'm out of money or this or that. I'm like, this isn't designed to support your whole life. Like still go work three days at that ski shop, like still go do this or that. Or, or, or also, and another part of the athlete management thing is, is being like, I'm not your agent, but I can try to help you here. Think about if you were making X money with us now, now you have a bargaining chip to go make X amount of money for the eyewear, for your bids, for your capiche belt, you know, like for this, this, or that. So when you start to stack that, that's a force multiplier for like somebody who's a pro. And like, I mean, that's getting a little nitty gritty into like the money and and aspect of all that. But yeah, like, you know, pro pro is comes off in so many ways at the end of the day. Like, it's just another title. But I mean, you're making some money. So it's just an opportunity for now you've got a little bit bigger of a platform to do something special. That's what I see pro as like in a nutshell, this is a cool little platform, do something special, but that's how it works at line guys. Like that's, that's how it like, that's how it kind of bends and breaks here with us. Um, and I know a lot of other people do it differently, but yeah, I think this year we're really going to start, you know, zeroing this out. I think it's, I think we've, we've been a little bit all over the place with certain things, but it's really cool to narrow that in and allow the team to really have a voice in who's getting flowed skis. Like people who are getting flowed skis, and this goes for all other ski brands that are selling in shops. I'm speaking the truth for them, mostly. All these other ski brands, the reps in each of the regions would pick these flow athletes. So these are a lot of times older guys, nothing against them, but a lot of times older guys and gals potentially that are reps that are picking athletes and they aren't connected to social. They just know, oh, this guy's good. Now, when we're doing that internally and picking regionally and bringing the athletes involved to help me pick regionally, we're, we're making a devastating, like, powerful impact for these skiers now to really succeed. Like, we're not just picking Joe Schmo over here because he's, like, the shop owner's kid. Like, we're picking somebody because, yo, this guy deserves a chance. He's been out here every day. He's won every rail jam, and nobody knows about him. Like that, that's the cool part about us bringing it in house. Um, and obviously there are exceptions to make, you know, politics aside, like there are exceptions here and there, but like that generally is a little bit more of a veil pull back I kind of wanted to say, but I think it's good to be honest about it. I, I want everybody to like get to the pinnacle of their skiing, you know, like when I can finally do crazy shit, when I get noticed or, or this and that skiing, Feels amazing, and the way that is for me is like so micro. Like it's just cool to have a video to like send my mom and be like, "Yo, this is badass," or put on my Tinder Hinge back in the day and be like, "Yo, dude, I just did a lip line too. Like, I was sick, and it's on my Tinder. And nobody gives a fuck." But oh uh, <laughs> god, no, no more dates in Portland ever.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, um, yeah, pretty, pretty open rundown there of the athlete side of things. So,
1: yeah, I mean, that's probably the most candid look at. Uh at that discussion that I've heard in a while. I don't think you said anything really over the line that uh, that uh, <laughs> Con- that Connor's gonna kick down your door in the middle of the night and be like, know, did Well
0: Stephen <laughs> well, Stephen the, the bodybuilder that runs this uh, brand will come beat my ass. So yeah you know, I'll, I'll kick his ass in Call of Duty later though. That's gonna be great.
1: Um, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> So I think um oh, I just uh, that is a topic they could really talk about all, all damn day is like the definition of being a pro. Cause I think the most conservative, like textbook definition perhaps is like, you make your living off of this specific thing. Like, so if you, if you hold that definition, you know, I'm a professional skier. That means that all I do is ski and I get paid enough that I don't have to do anything else. That's one definition. I think that's the most extreme definition of it. But then the most, loose definition of of being a pro could be at least i think the barrier is getting paid anything at all like if you get paid to do something hype. like in theory in this under this definition you are pro if you get paid a hundred dollars to take a photo of an event at that point you are technically a professional photographer because an amateur you're just doing it for the love of the game right
0: that's a damn good way to say that. It stokes my ego on the photography side. I was yeah. like, hell really? yeah, I'm a pro. I'm a pro photographer. It sounds yeah. great, but yeah, no, I think that's yeah, and like you know, I I think the distribution of that that pro sentiment is is pretty critical too. Like depending on the brand, like some brands are gonna like that that gradient of pay is gonna happen more for like the park if they're trying to get that up or all mountain. Like for us, I'd say we have it pretty balanced between the park, all mountain. And you know, like other like other sides of things, like with touring and like just these other little niches here and there. Um, yeah, it it can really go a million different ways with that, but yeah, I think the uh, i I think paying people is uh, a very interesting conversation, and especially too, there's there's extremes with it. like you've got your you know Wallish who's making definitely like he's making money to sustain himself solely through skiing and all of his sponsors. And then you have these, you know, some of these younger guns, like, you know, Connor Ralph, Jed Blue Water, Simeon, who are who are making, you know, obviously some money through us because we want to support them. And this money is designed as a supported measure to here, go show us what else you can do. Like that's what this money is for. And we and you've committed to us in a way that we feel comfortable doing that. So I I think it's yeah, it's interesting looking at the financial
1: aspect of things. Um yeah, yeah, and well, because I was gonna say, there's definitely gonna be people that are listening, with with that singular definition in mind, like, oh, like a uh, uh, company, like if I'm a pro for a company, I should be, I should be getting paid, my whole life should be paid for because I'm a pro, and so they're gonna hear you saying, well, you should still, like, if you're a pro, you should still be working three days at a ski shop, they're gonna be like, fuck no, I'm not working at a ski shop, I'm a pro skier but you look at some, you look at the person that i can think of that arguably has the most success in skiing right now which is tom at least in terms of like like financial success you know i obviously i don't know his what what's going on behind the scenes but you look yeah. at him he's he's doing commentating on tv he has outerwear sponsors he has ski sponsors he has boot sponsors he's doing media like every other day like You know what? Maybe if you just keep working all the damn time, you're just gonna keep on rising to the top because it's like you never take your foot off the gas. You know? Yeah, you've always got to have something.
0: Well, you you've always got to have something to give. Like you you you've got to show this like like what do I have to offer? Like Mm -hmm. what do I have to offer? And then keep the gas on whatever that is. Like like whether that's teaching clinics or for a lot of people that's like making your own event. Like, make your own event. Make your own, like, little program or something. Like, I, I try to tell some of these younger guns, like, dude, like, the out of the box. Like, go do something. Like, I am no master in that, too. And I'm also like, don't ask me. Talk to some of your pro friends. Like, talk to some of these other guys who are on Red Bull or, like, you know, this or that. Like, I, I'm here to be a resource for line. I'm here to do that. But I'm also like, you got to know when to start using your fucking brain and like thinking big picture. Like like that's what I try to tell some of these guys. Some people are walking a cakewalk right now that is like it takes one injury. It takes one snap. It takes one this or that. It takes one fucked up moment that in their life to change everything. So I'm always like, dude, that being said, like be smart with what you're doing. Like have fun with it focus but like don't get too cocky about it and remember you're given this opportunity how else can you be multiplying this to make your life easier like when i when i talk about this stuff to people they're like they're like oh i trying to do too much here i'm just trying to enjoy it i'm like no dude like i'm just trying to help you get a little tempo going so you don't have to worry about shit it's kind of nice when you have when, when you get to tom's stage and you're like i got a b and c unlock and i don't have to worry about all this other stuff like that a, a tempo isn't designed to make you not have any more fun a tempo is designed to make your life a lot easier like it's designed like with that hard work you're already doing like it, it can be so much easier but yeah no a lot of different ways to look
1: at it though you know so yeah yeah yeah. I hope, I wonder if Tom's listening to this. Yeah. I just, I always feel bad yeah. talking about someone at length when they're not here, even though this is overwhelmingly been how much we love him and how he's such a great shining example, uh, but still, the I legend. Think, um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's the same with any sport, man. At, you know, you, you see someone go to the league for football and uh, they have their whole career in front of them. I think Zion Williamson for the NBA is a great example this dude's got all this hype and then boom injury. And it's like, all right, well, a lot of potential, but, uh, but nothing to show for it. Cause you can't not like nobody pays potential. You know, you, you have your shot. Yeah. You gotta be well-rounded. You gotta have X, Y, and Z. I don't know. We're kind of, I think we're milking the, the subject for as much. as Yeah. You, the,
0: but, the, the athlete thing can go on for a while, but lo- yeah. long story short, life short, you know, you gotta just try to capitalize on, what you're doing right now now to try to just make your life easier i don't want to buy ramen forever either you know yeah i got yeah. a lot of ramen upstairs <laughs>
1: <laughs> um all right next thing that i wanted to talk to you about was last time we spoke last time we really spoke and worked together was due tour and you said hey we oh got my some
0: God. we <laughs> got some
1: women competing how great would it be if uh, we did an interview with one of the one of the medalists? And I said, oh, I was already planning on interviewing oh, the gold medalist. <laughs> I was already planning on interviewing the gold medalist. So let's see who that ends up being. And Lisa Zimmerman takes the gold. And uh, hop up there. We do a little interview. I say, how are you, say, how are you feeling? And uh, in a very European way, she just gets straight to the point and says, you know what? I'm on my period. I didn't really feel like competing. And uh, I was at a loss for words. I respected the move, and I and I was like in my mind. I was like, I cannot wait to show Jake what we did. What do you think when that <laughs> video came through for you to post on social?
0: Dude, I know exactly where I was too. So I'm at the, I'm literally up at a ski magazine ski test in Sun Valley, and we're at the intro night thing, and I'm blasted off course light. And I remember me and Connor were watching the heats, and I was like fuck dude i gotta call two planker like i gotta hit him up he's there i'm like this is looking really good like all the all the lady line athletes were kicking ass yeah, they were killing and i was them. like I, I was just like i didn't know I, I wasn't assuming who was gonna place or any of that i was like really like it would just be sick to get like a podium interview with with one of one of the fucking gals like they were just ripping they were all time like i i was getting stoked and then i remember me connor i had my phone up against the little like notary thing on the middle of the table for ski magazine and this some i don't know some ski mag person rambling about some shit and i'm just sitting there like holy fuck and lisa just fucking like got that 95 and i lost my shit um and like i just like walked out of there. i was like oh my god and then you sent me it's just the craziest shit because you sent me that and literally a whole table of people like see me and connor flipping out because we take this shit so close like marion and fucking alexa and goddamn lisa just kicked ass it was so it was such a good sight and all the other ladies too like audrey like fucking no audrey and i was so hyped for her dude yeah like fucking, she just fucking she just hugged herself i was like fuck you that's what i would have done but dude it was so sick we're all sitting there at the table and i was like yo 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 two-player just said the interview he said it's crazy and this is the table with like people watching and everybody just lost their shit when she said that <laughs> and dude but a few people there that saw it right away were like thinking the same thought I was thinking I'm like this is such a big fucking win for like ladies out there like the Michaela Schiffer this happened too, yeah Um, to some degree I I believe as it was conveyed I was pretty fucked up on course light but like no it's it's really cool and like I remember my roommates I live with like two lady skiers too they they like messaged me after we posted it they're like this is so fucking awesome for like women like the just to normalize like Dude, like it's not easy. Like shit happens, and like, like fuck it. Like it was, it was really cool to like, like get a text from my roomies about that. But like, no, I was not expecting that. And if anybody wants to watch that, um, definitely, it's on the gram. Um, and even more funny too. I fucking love Lisa. Uh, hung out with her in Salt Lake a few weeks back when she flew in for our shoot. And I, I kid you not, dude, Lisa is the truth of a human being. Like Lisa's. Incredible. I just did 40 minutes of dance, dance fitness martial workout in the main room. Ask any of our athletes. I stuck through like 39 of the 40 minutes with Lisa doing a full body workout in the kitchen. Like it was fucking crazy. But no, dude, you killed it though. I, you, that was like, I, honestly, I watched that video a lot because I'm like, like I didn't even know you were there for a bit. And then I saw, I was like, two plankers in. What's two blankets doing out here? the Fucking do Tour, um, which I might call it X Games a few times. I mean to say do Tour. I, um, I was I was called do Tour X Games. Uh, rest in peace sponsorships. Um, but yeah, no, um, dude. I'm glad you brought that up.
1: That <laughs> it was, it literally was just,
0: like was so good.
1: It was just the, you know, with those interviews, it's like hard to really get to get to the core of the the athlete experience. I thought Streetstyle was such a great event, just because like there was that head-to-head element. But when she busted that one out and just kept it so <laughs> real from the start, I was like, "Dude!" Like, because that was really the first interview where I felt like I was a little bit on assignment. I'm like, "Okay, I'm doing this for somebody other than our own page." I was like, "I am so happy that I get to send him something that is like way, like way better than anything else we've gotten so far."
0: dude i understand now too like after meeting lisa and our like our european athletes i got to meet uh, like i've met a ton of them but like never met lisa or like Trifies, like coach trice and like meeting lisa uh, like it's so crazy the different culture like coming out in that statement like the way everyone's very open it was so crazy like just talking to lisa i've never just like talked to somebody like like our european squad where i don't feel awkward like, that quickly. Like, I just never felt awkward around any of them. Like, we're just joking around, fucking around, like, in five seconds. Whereas, like, another athlete, like, in America, I might have to, like, you know, we get to know each other, this and that. Europeans, dude, they're just a different breed. A different breed. And they drink a lot, too. They drink a (laughs) lot.
1: Ah, Bastards. Uh, Let's see, dude. This is so funny. Yeah.
0: That was good, dude. I'm I'm really glad you brought that. I was hoping you brought that up.
1: oh it's so great um let's do let's touch on team trips a little bit because i feel like this is the part i was a pro which i never never again never thought i could be never think i will be that's just it's something that has been completely out of my world but if i was pro other than other than seemingly be able to do whatever trick i wanted uh the other best part would be being able to go on these team trips and go to these shoots oh, so <laughs> first of all do you get to go to all of them and uh what's the experience <laughs> like like what is what's the team trip and a team shoot like
0: okay we're gonna have a little chaotic moment here hey uh steven my boss um at the time of recording this my uh, expense report will be completed i promise you um anyway um and that's for japan too um yeah no i haven't done my expense reports for the last four months Alyssa shore and finance i'm so sorry it will be done Hopefully, I don't get fired over that for saying that in this podcast but anyway aside from the finances um no i get to go on the team trips it's really sick um it's awesome bringing together like the squad everybody's energized to get the clips everybody's energized to be where we're wherever we're at and I haven't got to go on too too many. Um when I tore my ACL um almost a year ago, uh, we're supposed to go to Crowns Montana um overseas and yeah, I couldn't go on that trip. So my first big team trip um was uh yeah, was like going to Japan. So I I mean fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, goddamn Japan, this is gonna be sick. Um yeah, so I go I went to Japan and oh my god, I'll tell you what on a team trip to japan one thing you don't bring in these goddamn bunny rabbits i brought these rabbits with me oh my god dude they love these things over there but anyway that was a tangent um yeah no team trips are sick uh one big thing if the rabbits didn't show it there like love to keep the energy high on the trips like people are there ripping um obviously i'm not ripping as hard so like you know i'm not getting as tired here i'm just probably taking a few photos but yeah I'll speak to the Japan team trip a bit. Um, the way we do our team trips are kind of designed for a purpose. We're there to execute kind of a mission. So we're there to capture content. And this content that we capture on a team trip is all going to be designed to be used for that sell-through for the next season. So this Japan trip uh, that we took when it was in January, February, or whatever, we're, we're there. We're going to Japan. We're designing this content. We're designing the athletes that are there. To all be creating X, Y, and Z content that we need to basically go through our marketing plan and execute all the little check boxes come fall or uh, late summer when we launch our skis. So that's what Japan was designed to do, and that's what we did. Um, the specifically some of these team trips are designed for a, a, par- a portion of that purpose. So team trip to Japan was designed for the bacon collection. Uh, we had the Sir Francis Bacon that ski is out. Have a new construction, it's the bacon, it's a little bit stiffer. Um, you know, same kind of weaponized design, it's all mountain freestyle. Um, in that 108 width and then 115. And yeah, we were there with these athletes and a few other skis too. We had the Pascato and Sakana there as well. Um, and yeah, you know, we're there to execute this mission to create that content. Outside of that, it's a bunch of fun experiences, get to hang out with the athletes, you're one on one with everybody for like 10 days. It's like the coolest. Shit. I mean, dude, hey, not the fanboy, but getting to hang out with Tom all those days, like <laughs> fucking coolish. Like seeing Tom walking through Japan, like I'm like, this is so fucking cool. And then getting to see like Dylan Siggers in Japan, like fucking total crackhead ADHD, like running around with this Russian 16 millimeter camera, like, th- like filming like i i love the video that i have it's one of my favorites of dylan he's on the fucking bullet train with this massive film camera that's like this big just like filming there's all these like there's like all these asian people just being like what the fuck is going on right now who are these americans um but no it was really cool and uh team trips are a great opportunity to bond with the team hear some insights on like what they like what they don't like um, as well as, like, create some of the product videos that we'll make. Um, so we love making these really dynamic product videos. Jake Strasman comes in on these team trips with us and just knocks it out of the fucking park. Like, he's so good with, like, making that little story for each of the um, the skis. And it's always fun hearing, like, Tom talk about the skis. Like, yo, this is, like, hey, this is my pro model ski, the same ski, you know, you ride. But it's really cool to see Tom talk about the all-mountain skis now that Tom's like getting a little bit more backcountry centric and it's yeah, no, really cool. So team trips, awesome. Uh, A lot of very drunken stories that I'm not going to share on here um, for a lot of people's benefits. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. Um, Like, you know, losing people, uh, finding people again and uh, yeah, exploring new cities, Japan, unbelievable. Like unbelievable opportunity to spend with the athletes i think it like instilled a little bit of a mark on everybody like getting to see the sights the sounds and then spending all those days too like seeing the team work together i didn't get to go up in the mountains as much with those guys in japan but like you know it, it it's really cool like hearing them come back and being like everybody was like dude like we just hit in this zone all day and it was scary and like freaking ripped through a tree almost died like it the the camaraderie from these trips is really really fun um and like got a little bit more of that in salt lake with the squad too like just everybody being around like you know all of us going out like the last night and just you know getting cranked and like it was uh, i don't know it's just super cool like share the memories and some of those i'm not going to tell i'm not going to share on this at all because i think they're so sacred i don't want anyone to know what they are and like also a little wild, um, but yeah, no, it's really cool getting able to travel with these athletes, see what they're like thinking, see what's like behind the social media. That's my favorite thing is like talking to these guys, like getting to meet Pete Kukov for the first time and hearing what he's all about. Like, fuck, you know, dude, Pete's fucking sick, and it's like, like I, I've looked up to him forever. Like, <laughs> it's, maybe you'll hate that I say this, but like, I'm fucking one of my favorite edits of all time is the fucking totally Trevor too. Goddamn pork brat <laughs> i'm like embarrassed to say that but like i just i don't know i always love that goddamn shit um yeah really fun like um also uh one funny thing too i gotta share salt lake um counter steven I'm, I'm really sorry uh definitely blew a few uh bands on uh taking the squad that was stuck at home with me and lisa to uh the escape room and uh me me lisa and a few other people went into an escape room and fucking lisa like five minutes into this escape room just breaks the fucking 3d printer and we're like in this alien laboratory the girl just comes running in she's like you broke it <laughs> just... and lisa's like holy shit <laughs> just... I, I was losing my marbles like it was so much fun like all the all the little one-off stuff and then Lisa Zimmerman, damn you for your version on German Uno is the most heinous game I've ever played in my life. But a million one-off stories like that um, at some of these gatherings. Um, one of the coolest ones, I'll say, too, um, kind of worth mentioning, a um, little secret assignment I'm not going to speak on too much. We went up to Mount Hood um, over like early winter and, um, yeah, we got the we all got to stay in Silcox hut up there together as uh, a little bit of our team, um, for some insight and stuff. And it was really, a, I think a really cool, powerful experience for me, like feeling, you know, welcome at line, as well as seeing that in our eyes of some of our athletes, literally staying up in the middle of the full force gale blizzard on the side of Mount hood in Silcox hut. If you don't know, you can stay in this massive hut on the side of Mount hood and it is fucking terrifying. And there's all these old wooden beds and like crazy drawings everywhere. It is so insane. Um, Yeah, that was really cool. But yeah, there's always something fun to fun to happen at like a team shoot. Um, Yeah. I would kind of classify Wendell's as a team shoot, but almost don't want to talk about that one. (laughs) Maybe if you ask me later, I'll, I'll bring it up, but yeah, like line week at Wendell's is probably one of the up there team shoot level, you know, Climbing over the top of Chuck's bar to the back. Um, please, bartender, don't kill me for that. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, you know,
1: we we keep things PG. Yeah. So just thinking about the audience. I'm assuming there's gonna be some guys on the line team listening that want to get in on get in on these shoots that haven't been in on them. So how do you pick who goes? How do you pick who goes where?
0: Yeah. No. Good question. A lot of that has to do with what each of the athletes brings to the table. Um, so, you know, if they're kicking ass on a certain ski and we're noticing that heavy, like an athlete showing out on the blend, then like, you know, again, I'm hypotheticating here, but like say there's a construction change next year or the year after or whenever on the blend, you might be like, hell yeah, like this next team shoot, we want to really show off that blend. Like we really want to show that ski off for what it's worth, what it does best. And yeah, like we a lot of times we'll look at like, okay, what's the execution of this park shoot? Because a lot of times we'll do an all mountain park shoot. Um, like we did that last year, like Grand Targhee. Um And this year too, all of the squad went up to Revelstoke, um, kind of under their own power with Jake and did a shoot. Um, and some new faces joined that. But it's the same concept with a park shoot or all mountain shoot. What we're going to do is like, what are we shooting for? Blade optic? Okay, cool. Who's dominating that right now? Who's existing that's kicking ass that deserves to show that off? Who's some of these young guns maybe that would bleed into that and really be able to show that off? And yeah, some people really you know have done a good job of showing off that energy online. And yeah, we'll bring them out to a shoot. You know, if it's to show off the Wallish, like good example, like Carstetter hasn't really been to many like big shoots and vice versa. So we uh, flew him out to uh, film with uh, film this cut with uh, Ralphie and Wallish um, at 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 park city uh woodward park city and that's like really cool opportunity to like you know i i know Carstetter gets a lot of airtime in us but like still he's still very much like hey prove yourself like cool you've got some really good one hitters here like some good bangers but like yo like that's not gonna sell this that's not that's not like why you're here like you're here to make a bigger impact i'm here to support your skiing but that goes for everybody else as well like Hey, how are you going to help us here? Or how are you showing off the ski you're on? But to that point as well, how we decide, um, want it to be known, like a lot of these athletes, we're not like, we're not like twisting their wrists to ride a certain ski. That's a really good question. We get asked a lot. Like, why do people ride a, B and C? You don't have to ride that ski necessarily. So a lot of times too, we'll let that blend in. Maybe there's not a, a major pro that's like dominating a certain ski And we'll bring somebody else in who's a young gun that's really showing off a ski. So that's often what I'll tell like either photographers or athletes that are trying to get their name up there. I'm like, what is something that's not being taken advantage of by the current roster, pro roster, by a squad that you could tap into and you could go show that off? And maybe you'd get a little opportunity out of that. So same thing goes with line. Maybe there's a young gun out of New England who's killing it on the chronic and we're having a chronic shoot. We'll like bring them out. So that's kind of how that breaks down there. But I, it's a really, it's a really good way for people to stand out is to see like, what's lacking. Like good example is lemur, uh, uh Liam Baxter. He's been kicking ass on the Sakana, um, Sakana. Um, and he's, uh, <laughs> God, they, Oh my God. There's, there's going to be a funny bit on that in the, uh, product video. Um, no dude, lemur is fucking killing it on, on the Sakana. Um, like he's been uh, i don't know he's just been shown off we've sent him a pair of next year's like you know skis to like ride and it's it's cool being able to give these young guns opportunities like yeah hey i got an extra pair of like f23 skis here for you we're we are looking for something here's a cool opportunity to show out so yeah good opportunity um there but that's how that breaks down sorry a little long-winded but
1: no that is all good um as the listeners of this podcast know, I hate talking about gear because uh, just don't. I just don't care about it. I just truly just do not care about it. But the Sakanos are my. Not, apart from, and this will bleed into our next topic, apart from the ad deal that I have with you guys, the Sakanos are actually my favorite ski ever. They are my favorite. And look at that for the for the yeah. audio only. Oh. Their, next year's graphics are on Jake's wall.
0: Yeah, so we got next year's uh yeah, graphics. This is the full bleed top sheet here. Um yeah, just keep it up there. Um, yeah. (laughs) Rest (laughs) in peace. (laughs) Rest in peace, soldier. Um, yeah, and then a little something else there, but uh, oh interesting. Let the let the Instagram people try to figure out what that is. Um yeah, no, pretty cool. That ski's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. But tapping into that ski, what, what ski's gonna show off? And a lot of athletes have found a ski that isn't twisting doesn't feel like it's twisting their own personal wrist to to ride or or they feel forced by us like i i hope a lot of athletes don't feel too forced by us to ride certain skis but i mean look at like pete kukov he's been riding the blends a good bit but and seeing him on the chronics a bunch look at tucker been riding the chronics a bunch recently too like cool like have that what you want like skiing is skiing like ride what you want like have fun out there whatever's gonna make that happen ride it so
1: yeah dude i you're giving me you're giving me a little bit of your ADHD. you're maybe you're bringing my adhd out because now i want to you showed the full tilt boots and now i want to talk about them.
0: yeah fire I, up baby uh hey, do we all, have time ask, to ask do we have time to talk to
1: about tonight. the boots do we have time to talk about the boots all right we can talk about the boots a little <laughs> bit all right well first of all are you involved with the full tilt at all i know it's kind of under, under the same umbrella but was that like really your realm
0: yeah, so um to quick quickly get it out there, so all of the brands that are under the Elevate Collective include us, Line okay. skis. Um yeah, we formally, you know, again, all of the kudos to Connor and Steven. Uh Connor Clayton, Stephen Hartle, they really I mean, last people running it as well, but like dude, Connor and Steven has really kept it together, keeping full tilt being run under the same like squad uh, for the last like few years, like just kicking ass. And I feel really bad that that baby full tilt that was nurtured so hard by Steven and Connor, um, was kind of morphed into K2. But, you know, I think that was kind of the plan all, all along, um, was to have that. Um, I won't speak too deeply on that from like a, a higher level standpoint, because, you know, it, it happened for the reasons that it, that it, whatever it happened for but you know, it, the collection was uh you know it seemed like the k2 lineup was set up in a whatever way they had decided and it seems like they liked to have that a part of that and that just happened as it is um uh, me i i'm not focused on any of that decision making don't know exactly what it went into that but what happened was the full tilt collection turned into the flex collection turned into now being a part of that and it's not a resource of ours that we uh run or oversee at all anymore um, we have access to, like, full-tilt credentials and everything for, like, social still. And we we manage some of that still. But there's no actionable marketing we do. Um, but when we did, yeah, it was pretty cool. This was actually the last boot I got to take photos of for full-tilt. The um Olympic boot. Pretty sick. Um, I, I totally cool. run to the other room, but I don't want to disrupt the flow of this podcast. I actually have the – I got the – the sacred pink boot but i got the only pair with the pink wrap liner in the world so um yeah no no more dms for the price but yeah no it was really cool getting a little opportunity to be a part of a full tilt um yeah like i mean uh (laughs) I, i could literally take that a million different directions if you like you probably had full tilts if you're listening um and you're you know into the ski community this was a really cool thing to be a part of and i really Uh, admire the amount of work that went into it while running two brands. People don't know, like we all ran full tilt and line, put all the same resources into that until like last year. Like it's crazy the amount of resources that maybe a normally company you would expect to have to run this. And they, and we didn't, but we still kicked ass and it was, it was pretty amazing to see that. And that's, that's no like foul play on like higher ups or anything like there. It's like, it kind of ran, really naturally at the same tempo line like going to a team shoot bringing the full tilt boots out to the team shoot um you know at, the, at a line team shooting you could execute those objectives in the like with less people so yeah it was pretty cool to uh be a part of that and yeah full tilt fucking i mean you can go buy the flex boots now at k2 and like they still kick ass just the same you know it's the exact same construction we all ride you know those boots now so um yeah, it's pretty cool. I actually ride the Mindbender one thirty Boas, which are pretty dope. Um, so yeah, but full tilt, yeah, pretty, pretty cool little thing to say that I helped out with full tilt, but again, I can't say enough about Connor and Steven, like really that was their baby, and I was just kind of there trying to run in the social for a bit. Like Lion is definitely I feel like becoming my baby on social more so, but like, dude, full tilt maybe we will come back one day. I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not uh, definitely not speculating on this podcast and what's going to happen, but you know, boots are fucking sick. revolvers right? <laughs> right now and stuff. So yeah, yeah. pretty fun. Uh, as I, as I slowly walk the corporate landmines here, as I talk.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been people way more qualified to talk about this subject on other podcasts, maybe in articles. Uh, I'll leave it up to the viewer to find them because I can't remember (laughs) who spoke where or who's even doing the speaking. So we'll leave that one a mystery. Uh, Um, Like like, literally I'm not even trying to like disguise. I actually, I remember listening to something, but I don't remember who said what, but, uh, I felt at peace at the end. I was like, you know what? I'll miss full tilt, but this might be for the better. Yeah.
0: My my favorite was that meme where it was like death was walking full tilt to the door. Yeah. It's like, they were both crying. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to hate me for saying that one, but it was, Oh, it's so good. Full
1: tilt. Um, All right. So transition. This is a topic a lot of people wanted me to talk about. So I will preface it with a personal story. Um, let me let me read the script of my personal story that you guys gave me. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I swear we didn't give him anything. <laughs> yeah, so we me, uh, me to planker podcasts in line, we do have an advertising partnership, But this story is one hundred percent true. i've I've written lines my entire life. I think, like after like the rental period of my life, my first ski was the afterbang and then the chronic and then i did like j skis for a little bit because i was like oh he well he left and you know i'm just gonna follow him and then yeah, i yeah, and then sure. i went back to line and the the blends and the Sakanas. i have never ever 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 had any issue with durability and i treat my skis like shit. i treat my skis like i'm a little spoiled brat i leave my skis on on my roof rack all season i throw them everywhere i do not treat them well And I have never in my life had an issue with durability. So when I'm getting a million DMS and I'm getting people accusing me of saying, Oh, you're not going to ask about this. It's like, first of all, I don't even really care about the issue because I've never experienced it personally. And guess what? Like, if I don't see it, I feel like it's not even real, but that's just my, that's just my monkey brain. This is like, Oh, I see it for it to be real, but that all comes back to this. Okay. So this, so I ride 183s. I'm 5'11 on a good day, 175 pounds. I've never had an issue with my skis ever, but people have have issues with the durability. So I'm just going to ask you that: What's up with the durability issues that other people have been experiencing?
0: Yeah, no, and I'm I'm glad that someone. I I mean, I felt I figured by the user questions we'd had, um, yeah. You know, it it's it's something worth worth addressing his line being a very dominating like kind of freestyle presence in terms of skis, like our consumer is going to be putting hell on earth on these skis. That's the expectation. You see Andy Perry, you see Will Wesson, you see LJ back in the day, you know, I mean, still like just battering our shit. So I'd say the tempo at which we're showing that really does show a higher creative, like go the fuck out and go crazy with these guys, like, and, and get gnarly with it. But like, that whole construction thing is is something that we are always striving to just kind of keep on the up and up and up. Good example is the Chronic right now. Um, if you don't know, let me brief you a little bit here. The new Chronic, um, which you can buy right now, it's the TC uh, Chronic. It's basically just covered in the top sheet, which will change in fall. It's the exact same skill you didn't fall in 94 and 101. Um, this is a completely new redesigned Chronic. We've been listening to you guys. Um, this Chronic, is uh is thin tip technology on it keeps the top sheet planted on there like a fucking brick um and uh these like sidewall construction is completely kind of revamped on not only the chronic collection but the bacon collection as as well the exact same performance changes are happening there and um yeah you know we're listening to our we're listening to everybody this it's we're listening to the pro team we're listening to our consumers we're listening to the shops the reps everybody this communication chain we have for us is big all of our athletes know if anything ever happens to their skis and it's going to with these pro athletes who are just fucking disaster onto whatever rails going crazy like i get photos from anybody and everybody i'm like send me send me photos of your skis all photos all of that resource all of that knowledge that pool goes to our engineers as of like as of over the last few years like here especially with like me at line Stephen and Connor. Um, I want to be, I want to be very straightforward. When you come in as a team and you write fucking durability on the wall, it's written on the fucking wall. And I'll tell you right now, Stephen, Connor, me, Max, our graphic designer, everybody, Chris Todd. It's, I, I don't know what the uh, last line before us was doing or wh- what's going on. Durability is written on that wall with our engineers is literally written on the wall. Um, we want to make the best ski for what you can do in all of these different conditions that the skis are designed to do. Um, It started very well with the bacon here um, and chronic. Um, Like the team is just loving the chronic in the bacon right now for like that all mountain freestyle sector. So yeah, I'd say look forward and look ahead here. Um, You know, there's like, it's only going on the up here with uh, some of these, small you know construction changes that are leading to bigger impacts with the uh, longevity of skis um you know i'd say you don't know, look forward i think there's a i think there's a lot of fun changes to be had here in the park lineup uh the next coming years and yeah if you want a little taste of that earlier go check out the chronic go ride it go ride the new 101 um i'm a big guy and that thing's holding up pretty fucking well and i'm uh i'm a big guy um i'm a big man too 215 and i'm really probably 230 um and yeah she's doing good so yeah no that's kind of like what i'd have to say on that um i also would say this if anybody has any issues i don't care what it is you can always dm me ski trash jake on insta or line skis like like whatever you need info at lineskis.com like i whatever to get you back in the park like I, i don't care i don't care if it's a fucked up street trip and i gotta try to get a pair of skis you overnight like i don't care like i'm here to help you our team is here to help you like anything to keep you skiing so yeah you're always a step away from communicating with us if anything happens and
1: yeah that's what i got to say on that (laughs) yeah no i think that's great i had to bring it up because uh you see the new schoolers threads you see the you know just whatever viewer questions for sure and actually, the only skis I've had issues with are the skis that are behind me. It's the it's the what was it called? The snowboarding is cool Steve Step skis from J Skis. The tail got ripped out, and he gave me standby. You can see my <laughs> left sweater. Oh. Sent me a code to get these for free. So that's the only time I've ever had issues with skis. And then I got the twisters basically for free. And uh, that's the end of my uh, my ski issue story. And it's my opportunity yeah. It's my opportunity to show that I also have skis just laying around my office like like many other guests have been able to show off.
0: Yeah, no, and it and it's pretty crazy too. Like I like I remember when I like broke my own three Ps, like everybody was like, like I had a few of my parker goes like those skis suck. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I just got hundred and ninety days on these. And, like, literally worked park crew hitting rails every day. Like, when I, back when I started park crew, I, I uh, you know, rode Magnus's, like, original, um, you know, pro model he had. And, like, like everybody was, like, some of my park crew guys were bashing that. I'm, like, listen. And then, like, same with, like, some of these, like, surfaces I had. I'm, like, dude, it, I literally was just fucking disastering down a rail doing the same trick. My, you know, token trick I'd do just disastering down this, like, quad kink every day. And uh, I I think that goes for like ski construction in the industry, just however it's seen or showed off sometimes gets like a bigger push in one direction. So like if a brand's really promoting like the, Whoa, we're crazy and always jumping and doing this crazy shit. I think a lot of times that's going to push it, but there's no excuse to not be trying to push that to the next level um, of construction. Like with skis, like again, we, we all, we all are excited for, what's ahead with line and not, uh, you know, I'm the one guy on the podcast that would probably spoil company secrets too early. And I'm going to not do that today, but maybe by what I'm saying, you can uh, surmise some crazy shits coming down
1: the line. Uh, so yeah, super excited. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, well, so the other one I want to ask you about just because fuck okay, it, why not? Let's uh, we'll, we'll get into a specific example. I sent you the photo beforehand of the it was from colorado this kid's claiming that he had foam it, that his skis were made of foam and um me being someone that does not give a shit about ski construction at all i can't verify that or or just prove it so i'm just going to ask you is that like a legitimate claim that this kid had that his skis were made of foam because to me that doesn't sound likely but I don't, yeah so then again i don't know shit.
0: yeah no hey and it's good to be uh, like i really want to be transparent about this um, the photo that like I got just for everybody visually, so you can imagine, uh, Tom wallace Pro shorties, they were snapped um right around right before the nose. Um, I can tell you uh going by that kid's Instagram and going on there, this is also something I have to do as a social media manager. I gotta assess a situation, I gotta assess what's going on. And I can tell you a lot of times people are getting a tool for the job that might not be for the job anymore. Like the Tom Walsh Pro Shorty, it is a like we have designed the ski to be robust for somebody at that size range that equates to that size of ski then you're going after that to the ruckus to the honey badger you're building your way up here in terms of like you know width underfoot as well as like torsional stiffness well not torsional stiffness but stiffness unless you get the blade um yeah these are all factors that are going to affect that construction and affect how a ski breaks or fails uh in any way shape or form um and like Good example here, guys. This is like interesting to see. I see people riding a ski that I'm like, why are you riding that in that environment? Good example. We have the Hyperlight Vision. If you go ride that in a park and it breaks, it is a Hyperlight construction ski made to handle the backcountry, take some rocks, like do do this and that. But if you go hit a fucking rail with that. If you do that on an Armada ski that's designed for backcountry, a J-Ski, a whatever, a Fisher, any other backcountry skis, you will blow that shit out. And I know because I used to ride the vocal bridge back in the day, and I took that shit into the park, and I snapped it in under five minutes. Under five minutes. Thank you for that vocal rep back in the day who totally gave that shop a pair of skis, and I got a pair of Salomon NFX Labs and was spinning, and I got knocked out. It was great. But – Yeah, to that point, Um, the kid whose photo we got. It would have been cool to see him on a pair of ruckuses, something maybe a little longer, Um, a ski that was probably a little bit stiffer, maybe even there, Um, because you 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 kind of hit that pony a few too many times. It's gonna eventually snap. Like, you can't say like like, I mean, good God, you put me on a pair of like rental skis. I'm gonna break them in like five fucking minutes. Like, (laughs) it's the ski for the job. You need to find that right ski for what you're doing there um so yeah i think that's a probably a good way to explain that um overall like you've got to get the right ski for the job or yeah you're going to be riding in a certain way that's going to probably be detrimental not only for your riding but for the ski
1: yeah so So what about the like i actually completely agree i was just at Killington yesterday or two days ago at this point whenever this was well before this podcast podcast comes out um dude If you're an adult and you're you're wearing skis that are meant for kids, grow up. Your skis should be, (laughs) like, take whatever you're comfortable riding and get skis that are longer than that. Like, that's at least my opinion. I think it's badass when people have nice, long skis. And if you're an adult riding these short little skis that aren't ski blades, it's just like, grow up. But that's just my little two cents I want to just go back to the last subject really quick. I don't know if you could speak to it, but like the actual, like these people were claiming that it was actually foam inside. Like, is there any, tr- I, I didn't see it. So I don't know if there's any truth to it, but just your thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah.
0: I, I think a lot of the ways, like when you're seeing a ski construction, like in our arc facility, we have this facility down the road called the arc. It's the resource collective where we like build kind of get all the mock-ups and stuff for our tooling do some ptrs which are prototype skis that will like send out to athletes or tests um when you go there and you see the skis and the material i can tell you after seeing a lot of skis that have been gone through rigorous testing there they're gonna look a lot fucking different when they they're snapped in any way shape or form um especially the way that materials will then expand when they're snapped because they've been under pressure i mean when when you understand how a ski is made in these presses the materials are forced down they're in this tightened environment. I mean, I'm not an engineer, so fucking engineers, sorry if I'm explaining this wrong, but, like, <laughs> r- regardless, the one thing I know is right. When shit is broken, it looks a lot different when it is actually broken versus the materials that go in, especially certain wood compounds, too. I mean, it, dude, I, I'll speak to this when I was in Cub Scouts, like, breaking balsa wood um, for those little fucking balsa wood cars or whatever. Like, it's fucking – it splinters out like fucking crazy, and it looks nuts. Um, if you don't know, go buy some balsa wood. I only like balsa wood because it smells really good. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think on that subject, it's pretty. Uh, I don't know. Say so it's pretty hit or miss there. Um, I I could speak in a lot of different directions about some other other ski brands with that too. But like, we're all everybody. If you're not breaking skis that you're riding, I mean, like. Like, sorry, you're gonna break skis, guys. Like, like if you're deciding to do this stuff, like it's gonna happen. Yeah. But you know, I I just say like I'm really stoked that we stand behind our product. So yeah, if you got problems, hit me up. Take care of you.
1: Yeah. It's easy. Um. Yeah, and uh, that's that in terms of my mind. Yeah. Right? No, <laughs> nobody DM me. Nobody DM me and say, oh, but. You could have had – you know, you could have really refuted him with this point. Listen, pal, I don't care. I don't care enough to keep – I don't care enough to keep on bothering to yeah. about this. But if they want to, they could DM you. Is that true?
0: Yeah, no. DM me at ski trash Jake on Insta or line skis. Um, I try to get back to almost everybody on the DMs, but you got a fucking problem. Your ski snap, just just hit me up. I'll take care of you. I'll make sure everything's gold. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I did have one question about, uh, about you. They said, why did you, why was I blocked? Not me, but like the viewer was like, why did Jake block me? What's your pro man? What's your protocol for, uh, for blocking people?
0: Yeah, no, I feel like, uh, I feel like there's this, uh, phrase called for the good of skiing. And I feel like, uh, I don't need to decide who's for the good of skiing, but like, I don't know if it's the person i'm thinking uh they might not be too too for the good of skiing there um yeah no i would say like when you start hurling racial comments and like being a complete like back spectrum person there, like really bad like with what you're saying it's it's a no-brainer any social media manager like social media 101 like just don't want to engage with people who are creating an unfun environment to enjoy skiing like why do we need to look at that every day? Like, I want I want my feed on Instagram to be cool shit. I mean, for me, it's like bunny rabbits and fucking, I don't know, like, cool ski shit and, yeah, like, arts that I, like, all the art and stuff that I like. But, you know, for, for us, like, we don't need those distractions here when we're trying to, like, provide this, you know, <laughs> provide skis for people. So I'd say it's pretty simple. Like, not, definitely don't have a lot of people blocked, but, you know, if you're kind of, like, instigating and, just like going on and on, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth to it. just block people. I, I, me, Connor, and Steven, If you want to, like, if you really want to talk to us, talk to us in person. Come find us on a team shoot somewhere, and uh, you know, we can we can hash it out. But other than that, it's like, dude, like, yeah, come on. If you're being racist on Instagram and saying bad things, I'm gonna block <laughs> you, dude. Like, I, I literally have like,
1: like, like, like. Why are you doing that? Like, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> well, unbelievable this, to me. This is my philosophy with it. People can say whatever they want online, and uh, I, I completely support people's right to do that. But if you're going to be an instigator, and this is just a general principle, this isn't target anyone. But if you're going to be an instigator online, you can't be a pussy when people block you. It's just that's just the way it goes, bro. If you're talking crazy, sometimes you get blocked, and uh, yeah, and that's it's, it.
0: <laughs> all, all aboard the crazy train to getting blocked is uh, if you know. I don't mind the thirteen-year-olds asking about, uh, you know, like getting their ass kicked in Fortnite, but like when it comes to literally just hurling racial comments and like, like really fucked up shit, like, like okay, and if it's if you got a problem with one of our athletes, go deal with them. Like we're our, we're the brand here. If it's a certain point, or or it's a certain touch subject, we know when to intervene. But like, dude, like it's just. Pretty obvious. Like if I was running Coca Cola or North Face's Instagram, and somebody like said, you know, like a hard R or, or or this and that in the fucking comments, fuck yeah, you're getting blocked. That's fucked up. So like, yeah, pretty pretty apparent there with uh, how that. I Not to go on about this subject forever,
1: but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no crime in baseball, bro. Listen, <laughs> those are just the rules of the game, but. We can move on from that subject. That was my uh, ten minutes of uh, of testing Jake's uh, tenacity right there.
0: The will here. No, but seriously, like with any of this shit, like if anybody ever has any questions, like or your or you're butt hurt about something, like dude, message me. Like literally, message me on my personal. Like, see, trash yeah. Jake. I'm happy to. I'm happy to talk to you about it. Like the things that make me excited about a brand are feeling good about the brand and feeling good about the people behind the brand too you don't have to love everybody you don't have to like everybody like whatever but like you got a problem you got a question dude just message me like that's the cool thing about lying and that's what i like about us like i'm a person behind the screen with problems just like you i'm a person that gets pissed off just like you but you know like lying i try to definitely try to keep my emotions in check and something we all get better with over time and uh yeah, but also some scenarios just demand uh, the
1: iron gauntlet uh, to <laughs> smash you on the face. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, uh, I really, I really do not envy any job that interfaces with the public in any way, shape, or form.
0: It is fucking horrible, but it's also, like, one of the most rewarding things, like, ever. I, yeah. I can, like, dude, there's been a few times I've just bawled my fucking eyes out by, like, get a message from a kid like sending me photos like dude i just did my first backflip like do you have any tips and like sometimes i'll reach out to the athletes and be like yo hey like little homie just did this and that i'm not a master in this like what can you say about doing a dub 12 like and then having them message like the you know the young gun like this is a platform where i can be pissed off a lot about a lot of things and i certainly fucking ham but this is a platform that like. I it's really made my heart full like I knowing how much power is behind a simple word simple phrase a simple helping out a kid is like big time like if I was a young kid and I had this big ski page get back to me what would I want to hear like what would I want to like what would what would what would I want to hear that would make me excited because like big quote you can use this in a little sound bite or something but like when I never had skiing like skiing skiing was always a friend when I needed a friend most and like, that's how I approach running the line Instagram. I'm just like, you know, like, Hey, you need a buddy. You need somebody to hype you up. Like dude, there's some kids on there that just, like message me every time. They like this kid, this one kid's been trying to do an elusive for the last fucking year because, because Tucker, if you don't think pros have an impact on young guns, Tucker Fitzsimons, I'll fucking find this kid. He's been trying to do an elusive for like the last year. And I mentioned elusive because I'm trying to beat Tucker's ass and do an elusive myself and send him video evidence so he pays me but this kid is like been trying to do one and i sent the video of tucker doing an elusive at like copper or something and like he's getting so close and it's like so fucking sick to see that like it's so sick to see that like i'm having an impact on somebody else i know connor's felt that way too probably like we we felt that way with like helping people um you see it at, like when dell's a lot when you go out to the camps it's these young guns who like their grandparents paid for them to come out like there was this one kid who like got paid to go out and his fucking parents had like literally died in a car crash like two years earlier. And this kid's just trying to like hook himself in the park and like kick ass. And like, you know, I remember Simeon telling me about that. I'm like fucking sitting there crying. Like it, it's cool to know we can do a lot by just the stroke of some keys. So if there's anything to say on that. Just kind of wanted to get that out of the way because we, we talk about the negatives, these people, on instagram but like dude if we can just do one good thing each day on there if i can just make one kid smile if i can story share backflip like sure it's not the most core or whatever or like you know it's not a pro athlete but dude fuck it kid just did a backflip like he's stoked and you know what he got story shared online he's gonna go brag to all of his little fucking Fortnite friends probably and (laughs) like i'm gonna be terrorized by them messaging me but like dude i put up with it and uh it's it it's a lot but i can also say say this really quick too really interesting if you want to dive into like social media i'm definitely very hyperactive yeah i can i can manage that stress but i can tell you like i'm i'm talking this really rad girl right now lily and like i i love that she doesn't fuck with social media (laughs) i love meeting people that are like i don't fuck with social media like if you're in the ski world like I totally understand you not wanting to post that real, but Simeon, sometimes you gotta make Papa 9 about sixteen he can put on Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, no, quick little behind the iron curtain there of things. But yeah, you know, it dude, we can make shit suck or we can make it fun. And I love just making this a fun thing running the socials. So yeah.
1: Yeah. No, long winded, but <laughs> absolutely. And we and, and you know harping on the negative stuff. That gets the views. People love drama. People love addressing heart issues. But that being said, and I was saying, oh, I'll whip out the band hammer whenever I want. I've never needed to use it because people have you know, the kindness of their hearts will send just the sweetest things to my demons <laughs> yeah. out of the blue. And it's just like, first of all, I got to do that more to show appreciation because I appreciate it so much when people reach out and they're like, yo, I love this podcast i listen (laughs) i listen to it when i'm doing x y and z i've listened to almost every single episode blah 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 and i and i first of all it's a reminder that people actually listen to this which is something yeah uh, when you get eventually when you get comfortable and you i'm sure athletes can speak to this you get comfortable making content sometimes you forget that there's people actually watching it and uh so when i get a dm out of the blue that's like i love it i'm just like damn dude i i can speak
0: to this for i can literally speak to this for fucking you right now i'm literally with my ex in spokane coming back from the tgr premiere and i fucking am listening i listened to the simeon episode and then i listened to like six of your episodes on the way back and i'm like i'm like dude this is like like how he's got this there is a momentum here there's something here it's just cool to hear it from a different perspective and like That's the cool thing when you get to hear that from other people and you get, you get that energy through that. Like whether it's some guy behind the the line account messaging you, and you're getting energy for that, or it's just you on here, like doing that. It's, it's cool to see how that all pans out. It's cool. It's cool. And it's a conversation. And, uh, I don't know. I I was going through problems with my ex too. So it was a lot better listening to you than her. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I remember I called you at the Spokane um, at one of the resorts in Spokane when I was there. Yeah. Trying to find a Chick-fil-A too. And it was funny, but um, yeah, no, that was just reminder moment there. That was funny.
1: Yeah, it was great. And I just think, uh, obviously, I mean, dude, this has been a meta episode from the start, but like (laughs) I can't, I literally cannot do this. I cannot do this without guests. And so that's why, when I was like, "Dude, let's just have Jake on. This is gonna be great. Let I me mean, just chat for a while." Yeah, I know. But my message to anyone, the, to the people listening, if you like, if you got some shit to say, come on the podcast because it's, it's. I don't know about. I have never been on the guest side, and I hope I make the guests feel comfortable. But I feel like it's fun, like people love hearing these stories, and like I feel like it's a, it's like uh, robbing them robbing the ski community to not share these stories you know people got to hear it people just have to hear it nardwar we have to know you know
0: yeah dude (laughs) oh my god the the nardwar deep cut that's how (laughs) i know you're legendary i I, i've watched every one of these videos it's great i think i think that's the thing yeah yeah. like that's the thing with that's the thing with this platform and, and just us talking like i'm on social media all day like i spend my time revolving around like how do I make people interested in me? How do I make people interested in this? But it's not me. It's line. And then like for you, like the dynamic there is like, how do I make people interested in this dynamic? That is like a podcast. Like, how do I make people interested in this? But it's already all right there. And that's what I, that's the funnest fucking part about this whole industry. is like the stories are all out on the fucking table there. Like you can grab anybody and somebody's got a story of talking about this or that. Like, like, I, I won't even recall the story but I I remember when I was at Steel City Showdown and I was talking like about this one story about somebody at hood and I mentioned that like and, to Alex Hall and he 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 was like saying the same story and I was like holy fuck you know that story too and it was like such a crazy like thing and like that's the thing it's so cool to see like this is the one of the best like this is why I work for Lion I might not be able to do the craziest tricks. I mean, I could throw a pretty fat fucking three off a big jump and some other stuff. But like, I might not be able to do the craziest tricks and this and that. But like, this community is something special. Skiing is like just talking about skiing. Like, however your podcast evolves, which two plank are probably going to stay in skiing. But yeah. it's so cool, man. We're 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 lucky every day we get to do this shit work in the industry and i'm also like so excited to just see people fired up about skiing i you don't have to be a fucking pro you come up to me like just fired up like okay i probably give away uh too many of those pro codes but like some of these young ones get me too high like <laughs> i was like i i can tell you so many of the young kids hit me up and i'm like i'm like they're like oh, yeah can i do this and that or, or can i can i get like a discount on skis and i'm like i need to see a lip line too no, i kid you not this one kid busted his ass like day after day he's like this is enough i'm like i need to see a lip line too and it, i gave him 50 percent off code eventually but like <laughs> again best community in the world this is it's so fucking sick um
1: more or less yeah absolutely i feel like we're reaching the natural conclusion to the episode i do have one viewer question i want to ask though it came oh, in God. it came in later than the others it's from Scullymon, Kirk Scully. He,
0: he says, "Give."
1: The phone <laughs> he says, "Give us your best Connor Clayton roast."
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, for all you guys that don't know, Connor Clayton's my boss, uh, marketing director for Line Skis. Um, Connor Clayton's a fucked up skier. You know, he'll just go out there and just do absolutely fucking anything in the park. I mean, we we always made this running joke about Connor, boss man, boss man. We always make the joke that you have if you want to get on the pro team you have to be connor in a game of snow or something like connor's so fucked up good um that being said um connor marketing uh, just phenomenal he is such a type i think whatever the non-hyper personality is and very organized the a i think type a personality um and then i'm the fucked up b personality um, (laughs) with manic depression and, and adhd he um connor you're the most amazing person ever So stoked. Like, best boss I could ask for. But good fucking God, this man's taste in house music. I just want to, like, murder him. Like, on team trips, we're just in the car for, like, three hours at any destination. It's like, I got to listen to house music for, like, six hours in the goddamn car. I'm like, I just want to listen to Tame Impala and, like, some hipster shit and relax. And I'm sitting there listening to house music. Um, Yeah, no, there's really not a lot to uh, beat Connor up about aside from his ACL. Um, oh, I was joking. I'm sorry. That was a little <laughs> close. Um, Connor's tore his ACL four times, um, and this motherfucker still rips harder than like like it's unbelievable. Um, I wanna I wanna roast Connor more, but it's so hard to roast a boss that's like so. He's dealt with me for as long as he has. That should tell you just about everything you need to know. I know sometimes he gets a little fired up at me, but I I love Connor, um, and good message here as we kind of like end it all out i want to tell you guys all like no man or woman is a fucking island like build yourself a dope team but build yourself a team that's not afraid to like talk to each other like get 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 a, like make do something that makes you feel uncomfortable say something you're with the right team you're with the right friends the right squad you can speak openly and uh you know your voice will be heard and that's the beauty about lines. Beauty about Connor. Um, shouts to the line team. Um, Connor Clayton. Steven Hartle. Um, U.S. Sales Manager Chris Todd. Max Miller, newly added graphic designer. You're about to see some crazy shit online for him. Um, and, uh, yeah, Sean, our engineer, Farron. I always say his last name wrong. Um, we have Kyle, other engineer, shared resource, and then Drew um, as well. Um and a million other people um that I'm not naming. Um yeah, that are kind of the core pillar of line, I would say, in making shit happen. Um yeah, and our million reps, but
1: everyone go check out lineskis.com at lineskis on Instagram and Jake Dubay, thank you very much for being here.
0: A pleasure, guys. At Ski Trash Jake, hit me up. Let's have a chat.